Hey, oh, good lord, that was loud. Hey, hey there. You weren't you weren't as loud. Yeah. <laughs> well, the much uh, the much anticipated episode fifty six is here. It sure is. Oh shit. Oh shit. That's right. <laughs> Disappeared as a moral dilemma Cause at first it was weird Though I swore to eliminate the worst Of the plague that devoured humanity It's true, I was vague on the how So how can it be that you Have shown me the light It's yep. a brand new day And the sun is high All the birds are singing That you're gonna die How I hesitated God damn it, I love this movie It is amazing It's a brand new day It's a brand new day, guys. Yeah, you didn't know we were doing a uh, spotlight on Dr. Horrible, <laughs> did you? I honestly just thought of that as Gorehound was playing. Yeah, nice. Uh, hadn't used Gorehound in a while. I figure with it being a brand new era, we could bring back our good friends uh, Harley Poe, who actually allow us to use that song, which Great. is shocking to everyone. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a brand new day. I'm pretty excited. I'm so fucking prepared. It's unbelievable. This is a level of preparedness that we have not seen since the first, like, three episodes of the show. Yeah, that's true. When you would have, like, rundowns ready for us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone that hasn't heard or, you know, caught on or whatever, we're changing formats slightly in that every episode is going to, uh, the bulk of the episode will be devoted to a selected horror film. Yeah. Uh, Ian and I will go back and forth every week on who chooses the film. Occasionally we'll leave it up to you guys, uh, in like a poll. <clears throat> Occasionally we'll have a guest and we'll mm. have them choose a film that we then have to watch whether we want to or not, which <laughs> could be fun. Sure. Uh, but I'm pumped about it. So excited. In fact, that I decided the way to do this is to scour documentaries, commentary tracks, the internet, and track down uh, facts and interesting tidbits about the film and put together a dossier for each film. So excited about this new format. I've already put like six together. Yeah, yeah. Five or six. And uh, he handed me a, uh, a clipboard with yeah, pens. I bought clipboards and pens and, and notebooks. Uh, and a folder uh, with a tab that's labeled The Goods. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. there's some goods yeah, in that are. folder. I'm pretty, pretty And excited. it's not just pictures of his dick. <laughs> no. I mean, there's a lot of them, but... It's not just. Right. That's so going to be an anniversary episode. It's like a 50-50 split. <laughs> so, thank you all for joining us uh, on this. And let please, let us know what you think. Yeah. WeBelongDeadPod at gmail.com or the Facebook page. We'll be fine. Uh, so, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I feel like it just flew by. Yeah, it was a good one. <coughs> I think it was a success. <laughs> uh, this week, it's no surprise. It's I mean, we're going to be you know the week before we're going to let everybody know in case you want to watch the film too to get a refresher on it before we go over it. Uh, so it's no surprise the inaugural uh, film that we chose. I'm super excited uh, <laughs> that we went with. Um, Rob Zombie's we uh, we belong dead. Rob Zombie's <laughs> he sponsors us now. Ah, oh, good. Uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. Um, this is the fifteenth anniversary mm-hmm. of House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I posted on Instagram the other night 
um, right before I started doing the uh, note taking while watching the film. We'll get into how that goes later. <laughs> but um, I posted a collage of, uh, you know, like the the uh, title page of the dossier mm. and the uh, cover of the Blu-ray and stuff like that. And uh, was thrilled when, like, 20 minutes later, uh, the guy that plays Rufus Firefly, uh, Robert Mulks, liked it. No shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's pretty so cool. So that kind of made me feel like maybe maybe this is a good idea. Like, it was a nice, a good omen. Yeah. I, uh, I actually follow that cat on Instagram. He seems like a stand-up dude. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, before we get into all of that... Um, we do business as usual. First, yeah. first block is uh, news, shit we watched, stuff we're looking forward to, stuff we watched, um, stuff we have on order, mm, <laughs> new right. stuff that's come in. Yeah, you got a really uh, sweet enamel pen. <laughs> yeah. So, here's the thing. <laughs> I love ghosts. Oh, neither of us have smoked yet. Um, How are you? I don't. What's know. going on with you, man? Uh, for There's listeners, been some shakeup. With yeah, you. yeah, this yeah. is uh, on a personal note. I am no longer a tech support representative for Shintel. Well, not. I mean, you're kind of a rogue agent, right? <laughs> like, if our <laughs> listeners need some help, they can get in touch with you. Yeah, for thirty five dollars an hour. Uh, well, I mean, I'll put that right there, and then you can decide what to do. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. I mean, do you want me to keep it away from you? No, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I don't work for Chanel anymore, so I'm currently on the job hunt. <coughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll see if I imbibe at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a uh, really cool pin. I love ghosts. We both love ghosts. Uh, we've been... They're making it hard recently. A bit confused and disappointed as of late, which we'll get into in a bit uh, with some of their uh, output. Um, but... Um, a while back after their single Rats debuted. Oh, ah, um, Which, I like that song. I've, I've come to, I've really come around on that one. Wait, which one? Rats. Oh, ah, God damn it. I have too. I really have. Yeah. Um, I've come around to Cardinal Copia. Like, I, I'm, sure. I'm digging the character. I think he's slowly but surely <clears throat> kind of. Um, figuring out who he is as a character, right? Uh, not just like we were concerned he was just going to be like, all right, well, this is Papa Three with less makeup, right? Which is how it felt in the beginning, and but, some um, some wacky sight gags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so after that debuted mm-hmm. on their Instagram, they said, "Hey, uh, this weekend only, we're taking pre-orders <laughs> for this rat." Uh, oh, uh, I said rat singular. Okay, oh. calm down. Um, pin. And it's this really cool, like, fairly detailed enamel pin. Yeah. So I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll get an exclusive pin. It's not, I mean, it's like 12 like bucks or bucks. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I got it, and of course, in typical pre-order fashion, I didn't hear shit about it for like a month. And I'm like, oh, it's on the way. Cool. I'm waiting, checking my mail every day. I'm like, one of these days it's going to show up. And it did. It's not an enamel pin. It is a metal pin that is not painted yeah. at all, except for two little yellow dots for the eyes. It looks pretty fucking 
uh, it's kind of lame. It's inexcusable. Yeah, com- comparatively to what they what they promised. What they promised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I haven't. And you can check that. You, you should put together like a a side by side side by side on uh, the We Belong Dead Instagram. I think I will. People yeah. can check it out and give their thoughts. And I'm, I'm <sighs> and this isn't like something we're blaming Tobias Forge or the band Ghost. Sure. For. Yeah. But I do think that it's something that I saw on the horizon for yeah. quite a while because I never thought I would say this about something that I love. Right. Ghost are putting out way too much merch. Sure. To keep the quality level where it should be. I, I would agree with that. And I think this is an example of that. Um, so I'm keeping an eye out to see, like on Instagram, see if anyone else has posted pictures of the pin. Just to see maybe like, maybe the one I got is like a one-off. Right. Or like a special edition that they didn't say they were going to throw in. And like, you know, most people got the enamel pin that I wanted. Right. Um, but uh, not super thrilled. Not very excited about that. No. Hmm. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, that's not. It's that's the exact opposite story that you'll get when you go uh, shopping at um, uh, pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. Absolutely. Uh, the pens you get from the good folks at pseudoludo far. I, and I'm not saying I'm. Not, they're like I can see Monstro being like, "Oh, settle down, don't <laughs> don't oversell that it. much." But like, I'm not kidding you. The no. the the pens themselves look more amazing than the artwork yeah. that they use to advertise the pens. Yeah. You you will never be disappointed if it's a pen that you want. Right. Like, if you hate the Lone Gunman, then obviously you're not going to like the Lone Gunman. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to be unsatisfied right. with a purchase from pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. Lifetime sponsor. Mm. Uh, they treat us well. They're, they're very, very... They're two people. They're a couple... And they're just trying to get through this fucking life doing what they love. And it would be awesome if you guys could go help them do that. Because you're getting some really killer stuff out of it, too. When you order from them, you're not only getting a pen. You're getting, like, a really cool little package to dissect. And it's just, it's amazing. And uh, I do love the lone gunman pin oh i do too yeah, yeah. um and the lone gunman ramones t-shirt yes <laughs> looks yeah. fucking amazing yeah um yeah yeah good um, stuff. At, at checkout type in uh belong dead and nothing will happen right but why not tell them we sent you yeah do that yeah um yeah so i mean while we're talking about ghost hmm hmm This uh, <laughs> what we're about to talk about has made Ian decide that it's going to be another thirty days before he gets a job. At least said like two weeks or two weeks, yeah. whatever. I mean, if you want to be safe. Fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ghost. Look, ah, oh, man, I don't. I'm not sure what angle to approach this from <laughs> because I am disappointed. And angry, they released the first single. What was the first one? Rats. Oh, ah, and that that track. And I said it. I've said it on the show. I believe I even said it on Radio Lono. Hey, well, that's something we can talk about. There was a Radio Lono. What it sure was. It was a good one. So, thank you. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I've talked about how 
typically it seems like the first single off of a new album or EP from so, Ghost. Especially if it's a new iteration of Ghost. Yeah, I don't like very much. And yeah. then a while later, I am baffled at how I did not like the song. Right. Cerise is the perfect example. Right. Um, you poor fool. How did you exactly, not love that yeah, song? Yeah. So um, that's how Rats was. Yeah. I was like, yeah, ooh, it's a little showy. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, a little too uh, like know, Iron Maiden vibe Iron or something. Maiden means Bob Fosse. Right. Like. <laughs> um, but it hit me in the right way yeah. about a week later. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm down. It's I like a good track. This. Yeah. That's not going to happen with Dance Macabre. No. I don't like it. It's not Ghost. Nope. It doesn't sound like Ghost. Uh, God help us if the whole album sounds like this. Um. Yeah. But what uh, irritates me more is the like shocking <laughs> reception this song has gotten from both fans and non-fans. Yeah. Uh, non-fans, I almost agree with because if if you didn't like Ghost before, yeah, then this might be the track to make you like Ghost. A right. good example is our friend Ben. Right. Ben is a litmus test. If Ben's like, this is a fucking awesome track, yeah. Ghost is fucking up. Uh, I tried like hell to get Ben into Ghost yeah. for months. It doesn't and he make just sense didn't dig that he it. doesn't like it. Yeah. So then the other night I played Dance Macabre for him, and he was like, now this, yes, this I like. And I was like, God damn it. It sounds like a fucking montage song yeah. from a parody film. And he was like, yep. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you love shit like that. You <laughs> yeah. love like the fucking uh, Transformers theme that they used in Boogie Nights. <laughs> God. <laughs> Why can't I remember that song? That's a song I need. Uh, that's a movie I need to revisit. You've got the touch. <laughs> oh, uh, but no, it's it's. I, I the lyrics I like. The lyrics are yeah. rather ghost, sure. But the delivery <laughs> delivery is, I, and I just everyone mm. loves it. Yeah. Yeah. It. <sighs> Whenever I see a post about it, like on Instagram, I immediately go to the comments. And there's a few, typically like near the top, they're like, dude, what are they doing? Yeah. Like this is so not, you know, what they've done before. Like, and and I, I, I just don't dig it. I'm like, okay, there's hope. Mm-hmm. And then that's followed by like 20, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. I love this. Tobias said he wanted to make an album for us to dance to, and he's <laughs> delivering. I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, and like quotes from Kirk Hammett and shit that are like, this is the song that's going to put them on the map. I'm like, no. Like, the singer whose name I can't remember, Phil something from goddamn Pantera. Phil Anselmo? Yeah, that one. (laughs) I don't know. Something like that. Anselmo or, yeah, something. He's like, yeah, this track rocks. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You wrote Walk. Why are you into this song? <laughs> yeah, I can hear a real vulgar display of power, uh, Cowboys from Hell influence yeah. on. No. Wanna <sighs> be with you? I like. I, I I kind of like that weird little. Uh, I don't moment in the song <laughs> just because when I first heard it, I was like, "Be with you." Why is he not saying "be with you"? Right. Like, why is he saying "be with you" like he's like a right. cholo or something? And then I read something. <laughs> like bewitch. And it's bewitch. I'm like, that makes total sense. Yeah. The delivery still should not be that confusing. Yeah. No, I saw you know that 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 new classic meme of uh the guy and his girlfriend walking and then the hot girl walking oh, yeah, the other yeah, way. Yeah. The, what 
put me over the edge the other day was I saw that meme. Uh-huh. And the, the hot girl was Dance Macabre. It said Dance Macabre. Right. And then the girlfriend said Cerise and Squarehammer. Fuck off. Yeah, I, I want to murder whoever made that meme. <laughs> Jesus you're, Christ. Look, you're allowed to like the song. Sure. And I'm all for a band like... Um, 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 changing it up. But changing it up, but like evolving. Sure. Um, this doesn't feel like evolution to me. Right. I've been through bands that evolved. Ween, uh, Flaming Lips. Like, if you, you think listen, Ween evolves from album now? I absolutely <laughs> do, actually. You, I don't know if you heard their cover of Purple Rain. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, uh. But this does. This seems like just a 180 directional change. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't. I don't understand how people who love have have loved Ghost, uh, and I, you know what? I think I might understand actually because okay. those of us who are fans of Ghost, um, we hold them very precious, right. and we don't want to allow other people to harm them, <laughs> right? You know, like we're very defensive about our like because it really is kind of a you either love you you worship at the altar of Ghost, right. or you don't like them and you don't get them, right? And I think I think none of us as fans want to admit that there there's a chink in the armor. Yeah. And by chink, I mean Chinese person. Uh. I'm sorry. There's a Chinese person in the armor. <laughs> I think I deserve this for that. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> um, so, but that's exactly what this is. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like it. I've heard a couple of other tracks uh, live, for, mm. and we heard the, um, I can't remember the name of it, but the song that played during the mortuary scene. Mm, right. <clears throat> that's on the album, and there's another track called Faith that there are a lot of live videos of, and they're okay. They 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 still don't sound like the ghost that you fell in love with, right? I don't know. I'm I'm not giving up. It's not. It's going to take more than one song, right, for me to turn my back on something as sure. uh, important as to me musically as Ghost, or yeah. even an album. Yeah, this album. If I end up hating this entire album, I'm going to be. That's going to make me even more excited for the one after. Right. Yeah. And the saga, and to see what happens, and, and, and the the cryptic little hints that uh, Forge has given in interviews about the future of Copia, right? Is I mean the 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 theatrics and the storyline the of Ghost Alone is enough to keep me always uh, checking in with them, right? If not more, right? So <clears throat> anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I I had Sam listen to it last night, and, and of course she dug it. I'm like, but yeah, she yeah. followed it up with, but I can see why you wouldn't. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, look, I, I still love them. I, I just, I'm going to be really disappointed because I pre-ordered the album. Yeah. I'm going to be, I. I'm going to be really disappointed if I get that album <clears throat> and find out that this is the full direction that they're headed in. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you brought up Sam speaking, Sam, I just want to give a big thanks for a really cool night. Uh, Friday, we yeah. hung out for a bit. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I bet. I bet. Um, <clears throat> I uh, received Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it was better than I remembered. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, MVD, I think this is what they're called. MVD, like throwback collection or retro collection or something like that. If you right. look up the newest blue or the only Blu-ray <laughs> uh, in America for Return of Swamp Thing, you'll see it there. 
it's this new Vestron style right. company, and they're they're doing a. Uh, this is the first release I've gotten from them, but I'm highly impressed. Okay, I have Attack of the Killer Tomatoes on the way, so we'll see. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> I ordered Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, it's an early memory for me. No, I, I feel you. <laughs> see, I, I had the uh, the cartoon. Did you ever watch oh, the cartoon? No, I didn't care for the cartoon. The Killer Tomatoes cartoon to me was like the real Ghostbusters. Like that's nope, fair. Nope, that's a fair comparison. These aren't the Ghostbusters. Yeah. See, and that's when they weren't women. They were the same characters, but they weren't. Right. And you weren't gonna fucking trick me. And why is Slimer such a big fucking part of this show? Anyway, we can do a whole episode on the real Ghostbusters. I got, I got gripes. <laughs> <laughs> I got real gripes. Harold Ramis does not have white hair. Fucking purist. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got that. Yeah, that's all happening. How about you? Um, I don't know that I have anything coming to me that's horror. I mean, I, I did pre-order some stuff. I got my steel book of season three of Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking sexy. Um, I love, I think I forwarded to you the pickle Rick Baker. Yeah. That was pretty that was great. great. Yeah. Um, Tuesday I should be getting my Best Buy Steel books of, uh, Blues Brothers, Children of Men and The Game. Nice. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I haven't, I haven't seen The Game since I was, probably since around the time it came out. It held up for me. Yeah. Uh, Criterion put it out. Oh, they did, yeah. A couple years ago. I, I really I, dug that cover art. Yeah, I yeah. picked that up and rewatched it then. I was uh, highly impressed with how well it held up for me. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there any news? Um, I was so like into the whole idea of the new way we're doing the show that I put all of my fucking concentration <laughs> on House of a Thousand Corpses and didn't keep track of anything I watched yeah. or any any of that stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only news that I wrote down, um, Daniel Cohen died. Um, you may not be familiar with him. Uh, horror fans my age or maybe a little younger will know him. He, um, he was an author. Okay. Uh, and did a lot of like young adult horror books, like typically like compilations, like, you know, ghost stories or vampire stories or, um, but he died, uh, last week, I believe. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with him. What the, were some of the titles? Do you know? It, I mean, they were always very generic, oh, like okay. book of vampires or oh, whatever. Gotcha. And, <clears throat> and they were all really good. Like it was typically like short stories he wrote with, um, also sections of just like lore and history of like, if it was like vampires, like vampires in China or vamp, you know. Or uh, vampires or in Brooklyn, <laughs> or Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so that was a bummer. Um, I think he, I think he had a fairly long run, but you know, he's a part of my childhood. So, um, yeah, that's all the news I had. I think Ben will be happy to hear uh, Toho is ditching Shin Godzilla two in favor of a massive kaiju filled cinematic universe. Mm. It's gonna make him pretty happy. Yeah, it should anyway. It should. I still haven't seen Shin Godzilla. I've heard it's uh, you know I haven't fun. I just know I've seen enough pictures of this version of Godzilla to know that he's fucking terrifying compared to other yeah. iterations. 
Have you seen, uh, did you go see Deadpool 2 this weekend? I did not, because I want to enjoy it in a non-packed theater. Because Steven and I are equal level uh, movie theater curmudgeons, and uh, we can't abide that shit. I oh, got you. I've got, I got some. Hmm. Oh, there's had uh, a bad experience. I'll talk about when we talk about shit we watched too. Some people, uh, some people. Uh, news came out that the Pet Cemetery remake is on track. Oh yeah, and uh, they cast Judd. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who it was. John Lithgow. Jen, yeah, Jen Lothgow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably so- best known for Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> right. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, uh, I'm fine with that casting. Sure. It's a solid choice. Uh, Stephen King releases new short story, Laurie. Okay. Free online. So you can find that. I'm not going to tell you how to use the internet. <laughs> Uh, Tony Todd, it seems, may have let slip early the the idea or the fact that there is a 4K Blu-ray of Candyman coming out soon. Oh, shit. All we right. don't know from where or from whom, hmm. uh, but I guess during an interview or a Q&A, he said something about, you know, I saw the 4K restoration. And, All right. And everybody's like, huh? <laughs> um, happy Time Murders trailer came out. <laughs> You're not happy. I'm not happy time. This is going to sound like a joke. Mm-hmm. I swear to God it's not. Yeah. And I think it may also vindicate me from a lot of misogynist uh, thoughts that may come my way. Right. Probably rightly so. Yeah. I'm sort of coming around to Melissa McCarthy. I won't be watching Spy or any, like, her, right. like, but, like, I realized I was watching SNL last week and she had a cameo mm-hmm. and... It struck me that everything I've ever seen her do on SNL, I haven't had a problem with. It's, right. it's actually been pretty to very funny. I think my problem is her Melissa McCarthy shtick in movies. Yeah, I get that. It seems and to be I, and I agree with that, yeah. Um, now, that being said, I thought she was fantastic in St. Vincent. Oh, I still haven't seen that. You need to get on it. It's it's a good one. I'm not a big... Uh, Don't you fucking even say it. <laughs> fan of the actor that plays the child in the ah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a prick. Um yeah, Happy Town Murders it's it's a movie that has been talked about for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, this sounds and good. And it's a big it's deal a, because it's not just like a an an adult themed puppet movie. Right. It's the son of Jim Henson. Right. It's not like Meet the Feebles. Right. Where it's like Although that movie is goddamn gold. Um, <laughs> gold? Yeah. Are we going with gold? Yeah, okay. we are. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is Hen- Jim Henson's son. Um, so there's definitely some credibility there. And, I mean, minus Melissa McCarthy, I I like the cast. I, yeah. I think the trailer looks pretty funny. But it's just, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Hmm. Were you a fan of Charmed? Oh, God, no. That's being rebooted. Yeah. I never saw it. Which doesn't make sense, because I I was and am a Buffy fan, an Angel right. fan. And it seems most like everyone I know, pair. when those two shows ended, everybody went over to Charmed. Right. And I just never did. I know Bruce Campbell was in a couple episodes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem. 
what charmed getting rebooted. Yeah. Why would I get angry about that? It's not like dance macabre. Um, the female spinoff of Supernatural uh, got axed. It did. They decided not to do it, which I think is fine. I mean, Supernatural at this point, if there was going to be a spinoff, it should have happened five years ago. Yeah. Just let Supernatural exist in its 80 season run <laughs> on its own. I still need to really delve into that. Oh, you do. Like I've seen, you will love it. I've seen enough single episodes to probably make up like two seasons worth. Right. But I haven't seen like from the beginning. Oh, it's through. on Netflix, man. I know. Uh, I think I'm maybe two seasons or a season behind on it, but I've watched every episode and wow. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It is pretty great. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of Crowley. I was about to say, uh, I've seen a few episodes where Crowley is, oh, he's is the a fucking focal best. point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the awesome. best. Uh, Andy Bean and James Ranson are confirmed for It Chapter 2. Yeah. So there's that. Um, uh, that should be a good one. No, it's just one of this. This is the fucking uh, dance macabre of horror. <laughs> Okay. In, my, in my opinion. All right. Uh, Zombieland 2. Ah. Yeah. All right. I still maintain that the writers of Zombieland are, are making fun of you. Yeah. They're not They're not one of us. Right. Although I still maintain that Bill Murray's cameo is one of the best cameos in a movie of all sure. time. Sure. I'll give you that. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Bill Murray used to beat his wife? Sure. So, I'm just saying that's who you're worshipping. I also, I feel like Zombieland 2 might be a little too late. Yeah. Yeah. I would Um, agree with that. The best thing for people, like I play devil's advocate here. If if more Zombieland needed to exist, the best thing for them to do would be the year after Zombieland. Oh my God, there's a series, right? Like that would have been the best way to go. Something. Yeah, yeah. It would still be on today, probably. And I would have probably come around to it by now. I mean, if Walking Dead can go on for a fucking decade or <laughs> Is it however still long, on? yeah. Jesus, like seven seasons, I think eight mm. at this point. I made it to episode one, season two. Ah. Yeah, that was enough for me to pack it in. Yeah. Um, Lars von Trier's new film starring Matt Dillon. Looks fucking uh, bananas. The house that Jack built is getting a lot of hate. Yeah. Uh, people are saying it's fucked up yeah. in a non-redemptive at all sort of way, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I think people say that the about... The trailer looks pretty great. About every movie that he does just about and i think they're right rightfully so uh, i don't know yeah. if you saw antichrist <laughs> jesus but fucking uh yikes yeah with the log antichrist more like are you kidding me <laughs> like, get out <laughs> Whew. cut it out you got the vapors over there i do uh, you're just thinking about Willem Dafoe's smashed cock. Uh, just, I think this might be the stuff that killed Timothy Dalton. <laughs> um, anything else? Let's see. Uh, Suspiria, that remake, was in gestation for years, and then suddenly it was like, hey, it's done. Right. With a chick from Fifty Shades of Grey, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, 
that was my rejected theme song for Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> what? Um, I don't, uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, uh, it's um, kind of like um, uh, the houses. The houses Jack built uh, is getting a lot of like this movie is really fucked up. Yeah, like people are walking out and throwing up and shit like right. that. Yeah, I saw. I think today uh, back to the uh, house that Jack built, Peta. Had to like come because apparently there's some like animal mutilation in the of movie. Of course there is. And PETA had to come out and say, "Guys, we checked into it. It's fake. Like mm. we know it's fucked up and we know it looks real, but it's okay." Yeah. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Hmm. <laughs> Guillermo uh, del Toro, uh, director oh, of uh, director of Get Out. Um, <laughs> Writer of Christine, a lot of people. Um, he's very plur- prolific. Plurific. <laughs> uh, doing a Netflix anthology series. Cool. Yep. Bring it the fuck on. <laughs> One thing I will not get tired of is Netflix anthology horror series. Yeah, they've yet to let me down. Have you watched? Um, I loved it. I thought it was dark. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Have you really? It was great. No, I haven't. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard good things. Oh, you haven't either? No. What's your longest running, or like the longest, uh, should, this has nothing to do with horror. I mean, it could, but yeah, the longest um, you've been putting off starting a series. Ooh. Not like from, not like, I mean, like you, you like there have been a few, like uh, a good example for me is uh, Penny Dreadful. Right. <laughs> like, that wouldn't right. count because I have started it. Right. But is there a series that you're like, I'm going to get around to that? It might be Supernatural. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Because, I mean, that's going on, like, 12 seasons at this point. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, the great thing about Supernatural, it has changed a lot from the early seasons. Right. But unlike something like Buffy... Like, when I tell people, or people are saying, like, I never saw Buffy, should I watch it? It comes with that caveat of, like, you kind of have to plow through season one through three. Right. Or skip it. Or, you know, but it gets a lot better. Supernatural doesn't have that. Oh, okay. The early seasons are are different. Right. But you don't have to play. They're a fucking delight. I really want to watch the Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that they do goofy shit like that, too. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the Supernatural podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, what would you say is, is yours? You know, it's funny you should ask, hmm. because I had it, and now I can't remember what it was. Uh, son of a bitch. What was it? I mean, if we're talking shows that we've started and haven't finished, it would probably be X Files for me. Oh, you never finished X Files? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, my parents and I were big fans for like the first like four seasons, probably, and watched it like religiously as it came out. Um, and for some reason, we kind of dropped off. I want to say that maybe around the time Mulder went away, a lot of people tended to drop off around that yeah. time. But I gotta say, man, I think. Uh, Robert Patrick did, yep. did fine. Um, that's a show that I that I'm in the minority about something on as well. Yeah, I do not give a shit about Scully. Oh yeah, don't like her. 
And Scully doesn't give a shit about the show. Whatever, but I don't need her in that show. It could just—I don't need the love story. I don't. I didn't need them to have a kid, which is all that the last two seasons were about. Which, whatever. But like, I, (laughs) I never understood the. I mean, I understand from like a girl's perspective of like a like a hero in film or TV or film or whatever, like a Ghostbuster remake. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Um. So, like, I mean, I understand the character and the importance, but, like, I just never got the, like, guys that were like, oh, fucking Scully's so right. hot. Like, eh. Nope. She just bitches and right. is a ginger. Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. What is this, Dance Macabre? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and uh, do you have anything else for, the, for this segment? Uh, No. Uh, we'll just end the segment, I guess, by giving a fond farewell to Margot Kidder. Oh, Jesus. Uh, who yeah. passed on um, Black Christmas, of course. Right. Difficult to beat. Yeah. And the, the, this past Christmas I revisited. It had been a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Scream Factory released a really good um, Blu-ray. Yeah, so with uh, Joel Robinson art. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Rewatch it. That that is a really effective flick. I need to revisit that one. It's been a long time. You should. I should. Um, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I used to always mix up Karen Allen, Margot Kidder, and Carrie Fisher. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Marion Ravenwood, man. <laughs> I mean, that's Karen Allen. This is a. <laughs> A moment for Margot Kidder. I'm sorry. That was so rude. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like it might not be. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Uh, I need to get off my ass and, and start the uh, fundraising campaign for yeah. Scares the Care this year. I haven't done that yet. I'll try to get on that this week. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, there was a new Radio Lono. There sure was. That was weird. It was a good episode. That Was it? Yeah. Hmm. I was afraid. Yeah, during that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you made mention of that once or twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do say, I do say, <laughs> I do think uh, I did a pretty decent job with music that I haven't played over and over. Yeah. on other shows. Yeah, I tried to to mix it up a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, I went back and listened to it. I'm that guy. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, for for a radio lono out of nowhere. Uh, but I also thought, like I was telling you, I thought, you know, that it's not a definite the Radio Lono is back. I just thought it would be a neat, like, uh, placeholder in mm-hmm. the, if you search We Belong Dead and you're going through the podcast, then that will be, you, that that's a way to know that episode 56 began the new format. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was fun doing it. I um, was at the end of a sinus infection that was... Yeah. Kind of driving me batty. I do love uh you gave me a little little shout out for uh redneck shit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wheeler Walker Jr. Uh, oh my god, that song's fucking ridiculous. Was there a song in that episode that you had not heard that you were like, This is who is this? This is good. Well I'm not you had heard a decent amount of it, like Iggy Dean and stuff like that. Right. Mal Blum. Um I think the I think you did like two tracks. That were instrumental, 
Oh, yeah, the Bomboras and uh, Satan's Pilgrims. Right. Yeah. And that's not really a genre that I delve into mm-hmm. very often. Um, but it is nice to hear it every once in a while and just kind of yeah. get reminded that it's a cool, cool yeah. spot to be in, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's a good one. It sure is. Uh, uh, okay. uh, Do you watch anything you... <laughs> that you remember? Um, before we go down that, I uh, just want to give a big uh, plug for our friend Ju- Bruce Joyner, mm. uh, whose music we've played here. I played right. a track on uh, Radio Lona. Ah. The uh, the last intro track. Well, that's not true. The second to last. Right. Um, Hot Georgia Night off the album uh, Element, mm. which is uh, about the only thing of his available on iTunes, which is sad because that guy, whew, holy shit. I was talking to him the other night, not bragging, but... <laughs> Um, and my good friend, uh, Bruce Joyner, Bruce Joyner. <laughs> I'm serious. Look him up. I'll try to send you the link to this. Uh, it's like the history of this, his band, the unknowns. Okay. Uh, and it gives his background and, uh, holy shit. I mean, I've been friends with this guy for like, uh, 10 years maybe. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea how genuinely legendary and incredible this man's life has been. Oh. And the uh, copious amounts of music that he's put out with different bands nice. uh, as their lead singer. And he's just amazing. I suggest looking him up. Uh, there are several YouTube videos. Just type in Bruce Joyner. And, uh, but he has a new album coming out. Nice. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, stuff that I've watched. Mm. I, I didn't have time for a lot. I've got three, but they're all doozies. Okay, go first. Okay. Uh, the first one would be a movie... You know what I watched? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> is a movie that uh, I first became aware of because of our good friend John Bowden. Yes. Um, every once in a while... He'll do I know him. Like a little... Uh, He's uh, an author. He is an author. He uh, named a, a damn, character in his new book after me. He's a damn good author. He is, yeah. Um, and um, so every once in a while he'll do like a... Uh, kind of like overlooked horror movie review. And he talked about this one movie called The Boneyard. Oh, yeah. Which, again, never heard of, didn't know anything about. You've got And... <laughs> you were so excited about this movie. And I... Uh, I, I was like... I read the, the rundown. I'm like, this is, this is fucking bananas. Like, this sounds ridiculous. I need to check this out. And... Uh, I went online, went on Amazon, looked for DVDs. This and is like, like weeks of every time you and I getting together. At some point, you bringing up. Is, you ever seen that movie, The Boneyard? Yeah. Like, no, nah, it looks terrible. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yep. And that mixed with every time I go on Amazon, it being in the people also bought section. Right. And then like <clears throat> the following week, you coming in and being like, well, I pre-ordered The Boneyard. I'm like, <laughs> you are so into this Boneyard movie. <laughs> How was it? Uh, we'll get there. Um so I went online and it was like you couldn't find it for on DVD for less than like fifty bucks. Wow! And I'm like I'm not I'm obviously not. Gonna and you don't do want that. it on Blu-ray, right? <clears throat> and so it was, it was it was a couple. It's been a few months um, since I looked. Started your fucking Odyssey, and then found out that it was on Blu-ray and uh, pre-ordered it. Showed up, and it's on Amazon. It's it's a decent price. Um, it's like sixteen bucks. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, hmm, it has its moments, uh, when it gets kooky, it gets real kooky and it's, and it's, uh, enjoyable in those moments. 
Um, but everything else is uh, not good. It's quite bland. What's it about? I don't even. I've never even read like the synopsis. Or it's about this. I just went by the cover, which was like a poodle skeleton yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. It looked terrible. Well, there. It's about this morgue that some people find themselves in. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into too many details. It's like after they die, right? <laughs> and uh, that is overrun by these uh, ghouls. Okay. Um, that are legitimately creepy. I mean, they're they're children who kind of are reminiscent of the demons and demon night. Okay. Like that super like skinny taut, you know, taut skin. Did you ever see the second season, uh, masters of horror, the Washingtonians? No, that was a good one. Okay. It was about ghouls too. Oh, it was okay. a really good one. Um, and Phyllis Diller run, oh. runs the morgue wow. and has a little toy poodle. That's really annoying. Um, at one point, spoilers, uh, she gets infected by the ghouls and turns into a giant Phyllis Diller puppet. For that spoilers, I need to give you that. Thanks, appreciate that. Uh, we have a new feature, by the way, on the show. <laughs> it's a uh, carpenter or die uh, flag from, yeah. uh, I can't remember who put that out. I feel terrible. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm sure we'll post a picture on Instagram. We'll tag him. Yeah, it's a... Um, print on cloth of a stack of spines from VHS covers yeah. of John Carpenter films and I've decided that whenever one of, someone on the show uh, says something uh, above and beyond <laughs> then they get handed that as a badge of honor to to, to hold for, for until those, it gets given away. For again. those of you who know sports at all or give a shit, it's our version of the terrible towel. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means but that's <laughs> great. I love it. Yeah. I love I like terrible. Yeah? You like towels? <laughs> I use towels. Um, but yeah, so giant Phyllis Diller demon puppet. Uh, and then the last creature that they fight is a giant were poodle looking creature. What was it that made you think this was going to be good? John Bowden. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's his fault. Yeah, you should never trust a Bowden. And of course, Lombardo's like, oh man, uh, it's a really good one. Those little kid ghouls creep me the fuck out when I was a kid. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. Yeah. 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 So that's one movie. What do you got? <laughs> uh I watched Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. It is fucking great, you guys. Would you say how how does it hold up to the original? Uh and what what do you mean? Like, I mean the original just as far is as your like enjoyment level of it. Way way higher. Really? Yeah, I did when I when Scream Factory put out the original and I'm I'm not talking shit about the original. It is a fantastic film. Sure. But it is not fun. No. And it is not quick. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of makes you feel queasy. Mm-hmm. Um, There's nothing brisk about the pace no. of that movie. And I forgot a lot of that uh, when Scream Factory re-released it. Yeah. So watching it again, I was kind of like, ooh. And then toward the end, there was stuff that it, like really took me back to being terrified as a child. Which <laughs> sounds like it would normally be kind of fun. but Sure. But in in not a good way, in like a way that like when I was a little kid, like I legit would have a nightmare. Yeah, uh, like the um, the monster that Doctor Arcane turns into. Yeah, really shook me as a kid, and I can there was see that. no irony or like overindulgence of like cartooniness to right. it. It was and and then the the fat 
guy that worked for him getting turned into the little pig creature. Yeah. Like, there was some really upsetting stuff. The, the opening scene of what happens in the lab yeah. is upsetting as fuck. Like, But all that being said, it sounds like a deterrent. Swamp Thing is a really great uh, horror film. Yeah. Return of Swamp Thing is a goddamn blast. <laughs> it is so much fun. It is so much fun. Yeah. Um, Swamp Thing is like a bad acid trip that you learn something from. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, Return of Swamp Thing is like uh, mushrooms and you're at a picnic. <laughs> it's okay. the fucking so fun. There's so much cake yeah. at the picnic. <laughs> like way more cake than anybody needs at a picnic. But it's there, and it's all for you. Uh, and your friends are there, and like everything feels comfortable, and there's laughter. Uh, Jim Winorski, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying he's a better director than Wes Craven, but you'll have a more fun time. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, it's... And the, the features on the Blu-ray are phenomenal. I can't say enough about this MVD collection, people, whoever they are. <laughs> Um, two separate commentary tracks. Yeah. Um, one from like the original DVD release with Winorski and then a new one with him and a couple other people, several interviews and all the affirma that you would expect on, on a Blu-ray release like that. But the commentaries are great because Jim Winorski is a guy who doesn't give a fuck, (laughs) um, who he talks shit about. I mean, he's not going to pretend like he had fun. Like, Louis Jordan made his life a living hell, and he's not going to be like, oh, he was so great. Right. He's going to be like, Louis Jordan was a pain in my fucking ass. <laughs> and it's it's so fun. So, I, unlike the Boneyard, I highly recommend uh, the Jim Wynorski classic yeah. uh, Return of Swamp Thing. Also, if you can find it, it used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. There's a really, really fun documentary about Jim Wynorski out called Papatopoulos. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's him... Uh, challenging himself it's it's really a a documentary about his life and work but it's it's um framed uh within uh the confines of him trying to i want to say write direct and edit uh the witches of breastwick (laughs) um in like three days or something like that and like the the present tense of the film takes place while that's happening and then they around that framing they talk about his history and stuff like that nice. it's, it's it's a really fun movie movie what else uh, did you watch boneyard 2 uh oh, if only now um sam and i went boneyard to... 2 there will be no boogaloo <laughs> nope. all right i'll take a hit yeah you probably should <laughs> that deserves a hit that does not deserve <laughs> the uh <laughs> yeah. carpenter towel um Sam and I went to the theater and saw A Quiet Place. Mm. Um, God mm. damn. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Um, is it a spinoff of The Office? It is. Yeah. Um, waka waka. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a fun movie. It is a... It's not a fun movie. It's not a fun movie. Oh, okay. It okay. is uh, heartbreaking at times. Heartbreaking. Uh, we were actually talking one of the last times we hung out about how, when, as we've gotten older, we found that we get <laughs> yeah. a little more uh, yeah, sentimental. You were, you were saying you were a big pussy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, there's there's definitely a couple moments in that movie where I was a little, yeah, a little uh, 
Don't save the clamped. Don't save the clamped. A little uh, catch in the feels a little bit. All right. There are certain words that I'm trying to just get out <laughs> of of uh, the English language. Yeah, verklempt <laughs> yeah. is one of them. Uh, well, if you keep repeating the word now, that'll probably help. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to hoist other words while right. detracting from my, like mm. rad. I think it's time for rad to come back. Sure. Yeah. Rad. But Dude, not we belong dead is rad. But not radical. Rad. Guys listening, uh, what words do you think we should get rid of <laughs> and what words need to be brought back? Right. Um Twitter and Instagram, hashtag it with uh WBD uh Rad. There you go. WBD R A D. And let us know what you think. And maybe we'll send you something cool. Maybe. Well, no until you try. Yeah. Can't wait to hear what Robbie thinks. Maybe Steven. Maybe. Um, <laughs> See, the problem with that, though, is Steven will just tell me at work now. That's true. So it doesn't <laughs> feel special. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need you to document it, Steven. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Quiet Place, really, really well done. Um Krasinski directed it as well, right? Yes. Did he write it? He did not. Okay. Uh, I think he Jordan wrote. Peel. I think he wrote the final draft of the script. Okay. Um, People are kind of comparing this to Get Out as as far as like not like they're similar films, but like the right. the acceptance of the two films. Yeah. Kind of like this is what uh, large release horror right. is becoming, and people seem to love it. Yeah. Um, I, I I would definitely make that parallel. Kinda, it's um, kind of impressed with what I just did there. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You can have the uh, the carpenter flag back. Thank you. Um, I highly recommend seeing it, uh, preferably in the theater if you can. Uh, hopefully, away from the women who were sitting behind me in the theater. Um, I've never struck a woman in or my just life. Women in general, or just women in general. <laughs> I've never struck a woman in my life, but I came so goddamn close. Wow. Um. So you're saying the. Uh, the theater wasn't a quiet place. It was not. Um, and, like, it wasn't constant, but it was enough. Like, it was throughout the course of the entire movie. That, like, under their breath. Like, Sam put it. Under Day's breath? Nope. <clears throat> Sam put it right where she said it was, like, stage whispering. Ah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I was uh, in high school. You were, you were a drama drama kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so glad that you was... went with kid. I thought you were going to use another four letter word that I used to get called four, uh, three letter words. There Sorry. you go. <laughs> they would uh, add another G. Good, <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, no. Um, besides that, uh, it's a fantastic movie. Great experience. I I'd highly recommend seeing it. I'll be picking it up when it comes out on Blu-ray for sure. I'll see it. I I have come to the conclusion that. Uh, out of respect for the heaviness of what it is, uh, I'm re- going to refrain from a movie theater experience until the new Halloween. Ah. I am going to see that in the theater. Okay. I've gone a long time. Cabin in the Woods was the last movie I saw. We should the make that a uh, We Belong Dead event. Yeah, okay. We'll go see it. Let's do it. Yeah. Bring the... Uh Stage six into the theater. <laughs> Hook everything up a little Run, bit. Running commentary throughout. <laughs> that would be, be a new streamatorium. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um and uh you have one more movie, right? Yeah. I had to watch something else. 
I, I picked up the violence movie, but I haven't watched it. Mm. Uh, you know what? Let's just go with uh, Return of the Living Dead. Okay. I mean, not Return, Return of the Swamp Thing. Right. I watched that. I talked for a while about that. So what else did you watch? <laughs> uh, the last one on my list. I watched House of a Thousand Corpses. So did I. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it, this last movie was a doozy, and one I know you have a lot of love for. Okay. Uh, starring so, starring your idol. Oh God, I have a few. Your wrestling idol that made you oh, fall right. in love yeah. with villains. <laughs> yeah, the hot rod. Uh, whose shrine is still up. It sure you. is. Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Yes. I I bought that movie <laughs> from Arrow. <laughs> I bought it in the first sale. Yeah. Um, it makes me so happy to have a region-free Blu-ray player. Uh, that was a fun ass movie. It really is. It really is. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going into probably it. Probably for the best. And it probably is for the best. Not a boneyard situation. Oh God. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of fun watching that flick. Uh, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Piper running around with two shotguns and a samurai sword. The way God intended. Yeah. Um, Banging harem women. Yeah. Oh, I did watch another movie. Ah. Uh, uh, The Mutilator. Okay. Uh, A.K.A. Fall Break. Yes. Released from Arrow. I got to say, Arrow is doing a really good job of finding these, like, kind of hidden in the corner of the 80s slasher Mm. flicks. Uh, that I've never heard of. Yeah. Like the initiation and um um they just recently released one. The Slayer. Oh right. Yeah. And uh Mutilator is one of those which I, I remember seeing the cover art for mm-hmm. uh when I was a kid on, on VHS. But it's not it, it certainly wasn't like a you know it wasn't even like a happy birthday to me or you know anything right. like that. I just never saw it. Uh, I really dug it. It's um, I, I have a real fondness for these kind of hidden gem slasher films that I'd never seen. Right. The, the so far the ones that I've seen that Arrow has put out, I've really enjoyed. The Mutilator was no different. Um, there is the option to play the film with the alternate opening credit titles, mm. which is Fall Break. Okay. Which I think is maybe a little more effective. Okay. Uh, there's a song that is so poppy and catchy that's written for the film called Fall Break. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it's just, it's wonderful. The effects are great for the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of the, most of these are movies that, uh, like I was saying, The Slayer and The Initiation and, and this, and many others, um, they certainly aren't as slick as the known slasher films. Sure. But there's so much fucking heart in them that you can just that just pops out of the screen. You can yeah. tell the people making them like had a blast and loved right. doing it, you know. So that that goes a long way for me. The good old days of horror filmmaking. Yeah, like yeah. the Babadook. <laughs> See that? Mm. <laughs> I still hate the Babadook. Let's go to a song, shall we? Sure. <laughs> Would you pick? Uh yeah, let's go to mine first because it's kind of yeah. Uh, that's what we're doing. That's why I asked you what you pick. Connect, motherfucker. 
is uh, kind of connected to our ghost talk earlier. Oh, uh, is it? A band called uh, Magna Carta Cartel. What are they? Magna Carta Cartel. What bullshit are you going to play instead? No, it's... I, oh, okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, look like you're setting up a bit over there. Never. No. Uh, mm. um, would, yeah. I, would I do that to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not sure which members, but there's some uh, connections to Ghost because some of the members of one of the original iterations of Ghost were from MCC. Yeah, I believe the guy who was originally Omega okay. is one of them. Um, and I think Tobias may have worked with Magna Carta at some point okay, as well. Okay, that makes sense. I think that's where, I think if I'm if I'm not, I know they're like, oh, I hadn't had that problem in a while. Yay! There it is. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, I think that Magna Carta Cartel is where the idea for Ghost came from. Right. Like uh, at a rehearsal or something, right? For them, so I think Tobias was a part of them for yeah. a while. And, and you can tell um, again; I could be totally wrong uh, from listening to this track and a lot of their other music. You know, it's clearly not like as heavy or you know doomy as uh, um, the older ghost stuff. But you, you, I thought the stuff there's that I've listened to had a bit of a Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats kind of vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and a lot of them are. Um, uh, uh, instrumental or mostly mm-hmm. instrumental um, and that is the case with the song I had Richie pull up here um, this is Magna Carta Cartel with Attending Midnight Screen
folks. You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in the fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. <laughs> the boogeyman is real. <laughs> and you found him. From director Rob Zombie <laughs> comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. <laughs> House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! And uh, full disclosure, I liked what I saw. Yeah. I, I I love this fucking movie. I'm so excited to be able to do this right now. <laughs> um, and I'm so excited that we went with House of a Thousand Corpses because it had been a little while yeah. since I revisited it. Yeah, uh, me too. I think, I don't know. I won't say that it was like a half-baked or office space syndrome where I watched it until I got tired of it so yeah. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. That, that never, never happened. But for some reason, I just, I think I started going to Devil's Rejects more. Yeah. Uh, as a rewatch. Yeah, I feel like, as, mu- as much as I love this movie, I, I, I do think Devil's Rejects is a better film overall. Like, it's, it's just... Uh, I almost disagree really? having rewatched this. Yeah. It's also been a while since I've no, seen No, I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, quality-wise, yeah. like, filmmaker-wise, <clears throat> yeah, you're right. But almost like Return of Swamp Thing, House of a Thousand Corpses is a lot more fun. Yeah. Holy shit, I love this movie. Yeah. this I really went back to the anticipation leading up to its release. Um, all right. Uh, having to drive to Charlottesville to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of something from my notes. You got a real serial killer thing going on over there. I do. Real Zodiac killer. He's thing. a real lady killer. Uh-huh. Get it? Uh. Oh, you know how we've been talking about doing a uh, like table read of a classic horror film uh-huh. uh, for an episode? This would be a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, well, actually, let's set up how, how, we both went, how we both go about putting together our opinions yeah i, I call uh i call grandpa if uh <laughs> if we do the table read <laughs> my voice will be shredded but you know <laughs> god damn grandpa was great um so what i do and i've been i didn't just start this i used to do this all the time uh back when we had the church of the holy weirdo website and i would do reviews hmm. um 
uh, what I do is I choose a film. I get super high. It's usually about 1 a.m. Yeah. I pick a, a dish that I think will go well with the movie. Mm. And then I open a composition book and almost like automatic writing. Yeah. I just watch the film, and anytime anything enters my head about it, I write it in. I write it down. Yeah, that's how I ended up with six pages. Jesus Christ! Uh, on House of a Thousand Corpses, and then a couple of little bonus things that I thought about later. Um, this is going to turn into a four-hour episode. Folks, no, no, because a lot of the, none of, none of these points are long. Ah, like you'll see what I'm talking okay. about. Like just something will pop up in the background on screen, and I write it down. Like, gotcha. oh, it's cool that that was in the background. You know, right. shit like that. But I get very in depth with the, with the actual watching and taking notes of the film. How did you go about it, Ian? Uh, if I can call you that. Well, see, my notes. Um, I guess I can go ahead and say. It. Do I seem a little low to you? No. Okay. Good. Um, my notes. the The majority of it was kind of uh, sparked by my anger at people saying that this is a ripoff uh, right. of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I kind of did a uh, Venn diagram kind of deal on the differences and similarities. Okay. Uh, and uh, the similarities are fewer and a hell of a lot more broad. Uh, so um, we'll get to it, but fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Sorry, I'm just getting my song queued up so we don't have to deal with me forgetting to do a song. Nice. Um, okay, that's done. So, let's uh, give a little background on House of a Thousand Corpses and dip into the dossier. The goods. Uh, it is from 2003, which is hard to believe. It was that long ago. Yeah. Um, some little tidbits i found online uh prior to working on house of a thousand corpses rob zombie claims to have been a pa on peewee's playhouse <laughs> which makes sense yeah it fits uh had done animation for beavis and butthead do america directed music videos and attempted to write a script for the crow salvation to no avail did you ever read his treatment for the crow no i think it's out there oh i'd, I'd definitely be interested i remember hearing that he was gonna do a crow film and i was kind of like well that's one way to get me to go see a fucking crow film salvation <laughs> i think that's the third one uh, in 1999, Zombie designed a haunted maze attraction for Universal Studios. The project was a success and was seen as instrumental in reviving the studio's annual Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Bill Mosley presented Zombie an award for his contribution that same year while Zombie formed a friendship with the company. The studio later began working on an animated Frankenstein film, which Zombie hoped to be a part of. The plans for the film were ultimately scrapped by the studio. That's also a bummer. Yeah. That would have been very interesting. Uh, Corpses, uh, like we said, released in 2003. It was filmed in 2000. Uh, this movie has a troubled past. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I remember reading uh, at the very first con I went to, um, Horror Find. Oh. And I guess it was 02, maybe? Hmm. Uh, a Rue Morgue or a Fangoria or some, some horror mag uh, that I took up with me had an article about House of a Thousand Corpses, and this mm -hmm. was before it came out, and talking about, like, the troubles that it was going through and, say, and um, 
thing that it had gotten to the point where in live shows Rob Zombie was like showing footage from it to the crowd just to get it out there. Right. And uh, yeah, so it was filmed in 2000, House of a Thousand Corpses, purchased by Universal Studios. Um, uh, budget was seven million bucks. Um, the project was ultimately shelved by the company prior to its release due to fears of an NC-17 rating. Uh, Zombie later managed to repurchase the rights to the film and sold it to Lionsgate. And then uh, in 2003, uh, the film finally got a release from Lionsgate. That's amazing to me that a filmmaker would have to buy his own yeah. property back. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, but it's, uh, strange. Um, uh, MGM, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zombie later made a deal with MGM to release the film. The MGM slated an October 2002 release. Despite this, they refused to release the film following a controversial remark from Zombie claiming that the company had no morals for releasing the film, <laughs> uh, which is crazy. I, I remember that interview. It was, it was on, like, uh, Headbangers Ball or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it was clearly a joke. Right. You know, and they took great umbrage to it, apparently. Uh, Zombie later released, uh, a, a later announced plans to release the film himself without the backing of a production company, Ballsy. Yeah. Um, despite this, Zombie eventually caught the eye of Lionsgate, um, and they, they took it, um, which I believe, uh, from what I recall, this was like the, <laughs> the flagship of the Lionsgate horror. Yeah. That we now know. Yeah. It's like Lionsgate is at least was a great home for horror. Yeah. They were kind of the uh, studio version of Anchor Bay there for a while. Um, the film was cut and edited in an attempt to receive an R rating. Zombie claimed the most of the footage cut was Sherry's character. Uh, first public screening occurred on Ar- in Argentina <laughs> in March of 2003. Random. Um... It grossed about three and a half million on opening weekend. Um, opened second in the box office after the classic anger management. <laughs> yeah, uh, the film went on to gross almost thirteen million dollars, which is pretty good. Yeah, for a flick that cost seven seven million to make. Um. <laughs> Richie's going to set this place on fire. Yeah. Uh, received generally negative re- reaction following its release. The film was critically panned, um, with the film's various side plots and main cast being criticized by multiple critics. It's That's bullshit. Um, <laughs> home video release. I remember the DVD was hilarious because it was unexpected. They uh, shot Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding. For the menu, yeah, where he's like talking to you, yeah, like play the goddamn movie, you know, shit like that. It was very funny. I uh, I remember that because I I actually didn't see this movie in the theater. Uh, uh, I drove to Charlottesville three times, nice to see, <laughs> to see it. This, I fucking loved it. This is uh, this really dates my first viewing of this movie. You uh, were twelve. Uh, <laughs> I was 
I was a senior in high school when I saw okay. this the first time. Right. Um, in 2005, 2004. Um, but uh, I watched it as a, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but on the PSP for the first time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the handheld PlayStation okay. system PSP. Another fun fact, the first movie I ever listened to a uh, commentary of any ah. kind on, and of course it was Rob Zombie's commentary, yeah. and fell more in love with Rob Zombie <laughs> because yeah. of it. Um. Oh, whoa. What did you do? <laughs> I don't know. Film was shot in 25 days. Hmm. Two weeks were spent filming on uh, the back lot of the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> Burt Reynolds film from 1982. Um, and can be seen on Universal Studios tram tours. Zombie stated that the filming on the lot was difficult at times. The amusement park would often be open and would ruin takes. Jesus Christ. Uh, the remaining 11 days of the shoot were spent on a ranch in California. The scene involving Fish Boy. Whew, we'll get into that. Yep. Um, in the, I found this interesting. In the early stages of the film, Grandpa Hugo was revealed to be uh, Dr. Satan, hmm. who at the time was simply referred to as the Mad Doctor. The legend of the Mad Doctor was to be a ploy by the Firefly family to lure victims in, though this idea was later scrapped. This led to Grandpa Hugo receiving much less screen time. The character Dr. Satan was inspired by a 1950s billboard side post, billboard-sized poster advertising a live spook show starring a magician called Dr. Satan that Zombie now has in his house. That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, an amazing cast. Um, a, I believe, then unknown Walton Goggins. Yeah. I didn't know him. <laughs> um hey. but a lot I mean we can get into this more definitely later but um I, I, Rob Zombie should really be credited more often as being the Quentin Tarantino of the horror genre as far as like reviving actors careers. Yeah, for sure. There's um, a couple really big hitters in here that hadn't been seen for a while. Yeah, Chris Hardwick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shipwrecked or whatever the fuck that show was. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Karen Black, Michael J. Pollard, Dennis Fempel, and Tom Tolles. Yeah. I mean, those guys were, like, people that we knew, but because of Rob Zombie, they're now part of the, like, pop culture lexicon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First time I'd ever seen uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah. And yeah. then... I, I remember uh, the moment when uh, people started watching The Office. Yeah. I'm like, I know that fucking weird-looking <laughs> dude from somewhere. And it took me a while. I'm like, that's the motherfucking fish boy. God but, damn. <laughs> between uh, Corpses and The Office, for me, he was in one episode of Monk. Oh, okay. And I was like, who? he has such a distinct look. I know I've seen him before. Yeah. I know I've seen that five head somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I printed out the plot, but, I mean, you know. You've seen it. Well, it's also <laughs> like I I don't buy it. <laughs> this is there's so many plots in this fucking oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, some trivia that I discovered. 
Uh, Rob Zombie considered appearing for a few seconds as Dr. Wolfenstein, however, decided that he would look normal no matter what makeup effects were used. <laughs> it's a valid uh, point. So instead, he took on the brief role of Dr. Wolfenstein's assistant and can be seen in the background smashing a pumpkin with a sledgehammer. Uh, sadly, this was Dennis Fimple's last film, Grandpa mm. Hugo. He was increasingly sick with heart disease during filming, and a few of the scenes were filmed with him sitting down. You can kind of, now that you know that, yeah, there are definitely moments in the film where you're like, "That guy is not long for this world." <laughs> uh, and the brutal scene toward the end of the movie, where the caskets are lowered into the ground with a tape recorder, the recording is a slowed down clip of Aleister Crowley repeating "Bury me in a nameless grave," which is the opening line from his poem "The Poet," recorded in 1920, that I'm going to play later. That is some creepy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I love it. Uh, the this uh, I love <laughs> this, is this. Great. Um, and I loved that. Um, tons of people probably still don't know this. Uh, you really have to be a nerd <laughs> like me to be like, wait a second. Uh, the names of the Firefly family 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 were taken from the names of Groucho Marx characters: Captain Spaulding from Animal Crackers, Otis B. Driftwood in Night at the Opera, Rufus T. Firefly from Duck Soup. And uh, Grandpa Hugo Z. Hackenbush derived from A Day at the Races, despite only illusions being made to this house for thousand corpses, is more prevalent in the film's sequel with the names becoming integral to the plot. Um, and then I, I tagged on at the end, Dr. Satan's real name was S. Quentin Quayle. Hmm. And I'm, that's just such a strange name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I... I Put on here the soundtrack listing just because I decided if, if the film we're watching has a notable soundtrack, I will definitely want to talk about that. Sure. And uh, House for a Thousand Corpses certainly has that. I remember I, I lived in Danville at the time, hmm. and uh, there was a record store that was surprisingly amazing in Danville called Waterloo Records. Hmm. And the day the soundtrack came out, I was I could not wait. <laughs> And it made no sense because this is toward the end of a time when they would have clips from the film, like dialogue yeah. and monologues. And pit the pictures in the booklet didn't make sense. They're Spalding, but who is he? Like, what's going on? Right. Um, it was a, a very eclectic soundtrack. Uh, Zombie himself did most of the uh, the music, but the stuff that wasn't him was such an amazing departure from what his music is. Right. Like Buck Owens and um, Helen Kane and Rob Zombie, I don't know Rob Zombie and uh, Slim Whitman. Um, it's a, a really, really fun soundtrack. Yeah, and a really good soundtrack. It did very well. And uh, Zombie's cover of Brick House. It's pretty yeah. great. <laughs> I have some things to say about that when we ah. get into it. Actually, yeah. Okay. Um, it cracked the Billboard 200 at number 53. And uh, on the soundtrack chart, uh, was it number four? Not bad. Pretty impressive. So that's uh, that's the dossier for House of a Thousand Corpses. We'll get into the movie proper now, I suppose. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just go over my small notes that I that I kind of wrote down after. Um, it's interesting to me that Bill Mosley plays three roles. In this film, yeah, and it's never really mm. talked about. All right, so he's Otis, obviously. Yeah. He's the uh, newscaster, Lance Brockman. That's right. That's a great fucking newscaster name. Yep. And what's the third one? Ed Gein. 
No shit. Yes. Goddamn. That is William Mosley. Huh. Well, now I need to rewatch it again just to catch that <laughs> shit. Um, I love some of the classic horror that they showed on like other screens in the film. Wolfman, old, old Dark House, Old Dark House, House of Frankenstein, and the Monsters. <laughs> I love when they're the yeah. Um, and I love that he chose a scene in Wolfman with Bella. Yeah, which is wonderful. And uh, then I have a question, but I'll save that for later. Okay. Oh, on the Blu-ray, there's a game you can play. Yeah. Have you played it? No. It's kind of fucking fun. It <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, like, what do you call it? A top down? Yeah. And you play wide L. And with your remote, you, like, have to go. They're, like, victims tied to chairs. And then a bunch of zombies randomly walking around. And Otis and Captain Spaulding and people. All right. And you have to, like, navigate to the victims and free them before you get killed. Well, now it's, I absolutely need to It's kind of fucking great. <laughs> It was actually a lot of fun to play through the PS4 because I had an actual like video game. Oh no shit! Remote, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, that's really cool. Oh, I wrote Rob Zombie's commentary track is actually enjoyable. Oh, it's fantastic. It may be the only one. I haven't listened to Devil's Rejects in a while, but I oh. remember like the commentary tracks for Halloween and Salem with Lords of Salem. Is he's very bitter? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's not a fun commentary track. Well, considering how those movies were received. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and that, Okay, so we'll get into the movie proper now. So we haven't really gone over how we're going to do this. <laughs> well, I think because mine is so focused and about the movie overall mm. maybe we should kind of lead with what you got then i'll and i'll chime in okay time, time okay uh i started right off the bat when i put the blu-ray in wow punisher trailer really dates this oh yeah <laughs> also that punisher trailer is not good <laughs> no it's not uh oh and i wrote this movie pairs well with new york style pizza and ice cold dr pepper i believe that you would think chicken because of the Spalding thing, right. you'd be wrong. Yeah. Go with the, I went with around here JoJo's Pizza. Mm. It's a nice uh, thin inner crust, thick outer crust, mm-hmm. New York style, floppy, greasy pepperoni pizza. Fold in half pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was perfect. I bet. For this. And it's simple. Yeah. You don't have to like, you don't have to make it. Just order a, don't, the, the, I don't think it would work with Papa John's or anything. No. You have to do like a, a family owned even if I mean we're in Lynchburg, Virginia, as far, as far from New York style pizza <laughs> as we are, yeah. There's a place in our town that does good New York style pizza, yeah. and I guarantee there is in your town. So do that, make it happen. Uh, oh man, that I, and I'm just gonna read exactly sure. as I wrote. Go for it. Oh man, that iconic Lionsgate logo. Yeah, I remember the first time. That's the first time I remember seeing it. And every time I've seen it since then, I go back to that moment sitting in the theater and being like, what company is this? With <laughs> right. the gears and shit? Yeah. Um, ah, the good old days. Dr. Wolfenstein really sets the mood. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, a lot of this movie is just stream of consciousness. Oh, and suddenly here's this for no reason. <laughs> right. Right. 
and I think it, that Wolf that Wolfenstein bit is the perfect way to set up that that's what you're getting into. Yeah. Uh, the Spalding commercial I thought was unnecessary, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I thought you could have probably just gone from Wolfenstein to the exterior wide shot of Spalding's. Um, but again, I didn't really have any problem with, with the commercial. I need that to stop. (laughs) Um... Uh, the first shots, the first shot in color, because the Wolfenstein stuff in the Spalding commercial are black and white. Right. Uh, first shots in color pop. Transfer is splendid. They did a really good job with this Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, and it really shows in that that wide shot of Spalding's place. Right. The neon and the different colors. Okay, I'm gonna jump in now. Go for it. Uh, now that you're going uh, talking about uh, black and white to color. Yeah. Um. Do we ever know exactly when this movie is supposed to take place? Uh, October 30th, 1977. Okay. It predates Halloween. Right. The events of Halloween. I just think, I find that funny. Yeah. I don't know if it was a jab. Right. But I find it kind of funny. So, and again, it's been a long time since I've rewatched. It starts on October 30th, I should say. Right. right. The bulk, I guess, is the night of the 30th and into Halloween. Right. Um. Again, it's been a long time since I've seen Devil's Rejects, but so it seems like that's set in a more modern time than uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, I could just be completely wrong. This yeah, has been a long time. I don't think so. I haven't noticed. I mean, yeah. all the cars and stuff are of yeah. the 70s in right. Devil's Rejects. I mean, like, obviously no one, like, pulls out a smartphone at any point right, or anything right. like that, but... I feel like maybe it's a little more ambiguous with the timeline in the second one. As you far could as be visually. right. It's, I, I would say Rejects is probably more coy Yeah. about being blatantly in the 70s. Right. Maybe. Um, would be safe. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um, uh, the opening scene is a perfect short film alone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. From the wide shot of Spalding's place to, and most of all, fuck you, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Could exist on its own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love it. Which is great. Um, Michael J. Pollard rules. <laughs> Do you know much about this guy? He yeah. played Stucky. Right. Um, he is kind of a legendary icon of counterculture hippy-dippy 60s. No shit. Yeah, because uh, he's the homeless guy in um, Scrooge. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah, Herman. Herman. Um, his, I guess, his biggest thing was uh, Bonnie and Clyde. He was okay. in that. He was great in that. Uh, but he's been a character actor forever, and uh, I remember he was in uh, Dick Tracy. Nice. And uh, a ton of stuff, but um, yeah, there's there was this weird. Um, like movement involving him in the sixties. There was like a song that hmm. was like Michael J. Pollard for president or something like that. Okay. I suggest uh delving into his wiki because he's also become a bit of a madman who's like maybe homeless and just like uh riding buses all over LA and That's like, unfortunate. there are weird like uh sightings of him and stuff, but uh seeing him in a movie I'm always like, Ah it's fucking Michael J. Pollard. <laughs> I don't know why. Um Pop culture references off the bat set your tone beautifully. 
uh, Planet of the Apes talking about the toys. <laughs> Dr. Zayas halfway up his ass. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sid Haig quickly shows why he should have always been this well-known. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And at this point... Uh, and there's nothing exciting going on. No. He's uh, just great. Which is amazing. It's kind of like a uh, oh, like a Michael Parks in yes. uh, From Dust Till Dawn kind of yeah. vibe. Um, I First time watching this, I didn't... I don't think I'd had any exposure to... Oh, to Haig? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so I'm seeing this for the first time being like, this dude is fucking awesome. Yeah. I need to see him in more shit. He needs to get more work. <laughs> Little did you know, yeah. every exploitation <laughs> film ever made is there at your disposal. Uh, <laughs> um, Zombie really did a great job with the evil clown thing and making it seem fresh. Yeah. There's nothing that I hate more than the scary clown now. I feel yeah. like it's just done. It's overdone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if your Instagram is flooded like mine with this terrifier yeah. art the clown thing. Right. And, and I don't mean any ill will toward the makers of that or whatever. It may be right. great. I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. But off the bat, personally for me, when the selling point is a scary clown. It's tired. I'm done. It's, yeah. it's you know. Yeah. Um, and Rob Zombie and Sid Haig did a an amazing job of not making an evil clown that right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. There's like no mystery to him. Right. (laughs) He's just, he just, he's just him. Yeah. And with the personality and everything, it's just, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, um, we get our first taste of the repeat editing. Hmm here that he uses throughout the movie and I wrote a repeat editing is jarring and great mm-hmm. uh, when Ravelli I think is his name comes in right with the giant paper mache head and the axe and, yeah uh, they play it kind of over and over it's fantastic yeah and and jarring as fuck I do remember watching that the first time and like jumping on like, a PSP on a PSP <laughs> um well done, unpredictable angles from a first-time director. Yeah, I thought um, yeah. that final shot of the opening scene from um, the robber's perspective, flat on the ground looking right. up, is fucking delightful. Um, uh, true grimy opening credits. Yeah, I really liked that. It was. Um, it didn't feel like a throwback to exploitation or a parody of grindhouse it felt like the real deal yeah for sure and i really dug that um uh credits uh the credits fading out to black and then back up to the film made it really feel like a uh tv movie from the 80s yeah which again i think works for it yeah um there was no blending of like Subconsciously, you don't realize the credits are over. Like, right. we have presented the credits, and now we are in black. Right. It's, it kind of was great. Um, four vic- The four victims, uh, Jerry, Bill, and the two cunts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, like a rockabilly band. Uh, <laughs> it needs to be. Oh, where, where is it? It's on the TV. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
Um, the four victims have a horror movie version of Clerks vibe. Yeah. With their interaction with each other when we first meet them. Yeah. Um, take that as you will. <laughs> a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, weird cutaways work for this. Mm. I don't remember specifically what I meant by that. <laughs> but they do. Yep. And then I wrote, <laughs> um, this is Boss. Yeah. I credit Chris Hardwick's character, Jerry, with uh, reintroducing the term boss into my lexicon. <laughs> and that's another one that, uh, hashtag WBD rad, yep. I'm trying to bring back. Um, Sid and Rain's dialogue is pitch perfect, creepy, calm, and scary. Yeah. I love that interaction. Yeah. It's almost like flirting. <laughs> right. And terror. Yeah. Uh, like they're, and they're, both of them did a great job, and it's it's yeah, it's that great like undertone of like <laughs> yeah. we're having a nice conversation, but I also want to beat the shit out yeah. of you. Like, yeah, it's well, and then the the deliberate pacing of it ramping up to right. here, old March, saddle up the mules. <laughs> I got to get me some education, all that shit. Right, and then the letdown of gotcha. It's so good. <laughs> Um, looking around, uh, Spalding's shop, hmm. the set design is fucking incredible. And I yeah. got to think most of it probably is just from Rob Zombie's house. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, Oh, I, I've, I've made uh haunted house attractions before. I've <laughs> yeah. got shit lying around. Uh, art direction is exactly what it should be. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I watched this movie and at this point, um, where they're, still in the uh they're about to go on the murder ride right uh on my first viewing i remember thinking this movie could go anywhere yeah yeah for sure like i love how late they introduce any sort of plot line right um dr satan inventing a fictional monster within the framework of real monsters love it You've got um, Albert Fish, yeah. Ed Gein, all these real world monsters, and then just kind of inserting one that, one of these things is not like the other right. into a lexicon of monsters that we already know. I think is fucking great. Yeah, I because uh, it, it forces you to go along with. Okay, maybe yeah. I just haven't heard of this. Guy. Exactly. Yeah, and I I have uh, um, last podcast on the left to thank for the fact that like now I know a lot about the real yeah killers yeah. that they talk about like yeah. Albert Fish like knowing how fucked up he actually was I would love to see uh last podcast on the left do like a April Fools Day special about Dr. Satan yes and and have no irony about it yeah <laughs> that would be pretty fucking boss yeah it sure would <laughs> that'd be rad uh at this point I really like the dynamic of the four victims I don't hate all four of them, right. which is rare. Right. And I don't like all four of them. Right. And I don't like any of them completely. Right. Like, they all have things that I'm rooting against. Yeah. But they, all, most of them uh, have something that I like yeah. and relate to. Yeah. Um, Uh, the girl calling home and talking to her father sets up a nice reality. Yeah. Um, 
it like cut to suburbia. Yeah, it, yeah. It, well, and also it makes you think about the fact that these people have families. Yeah, um, which I think is often not really. They're, they're the desensitization of the horror geek yeah. over the years has been to not really to <laughs> these people are cattle. Right. <laughs> you know? And to show her and to show her doing something that at her age we would do, you know, like right. if you're on a road trip or something. Just you know, checking Let me call in. my dad real quick, you know, yeah. we'll be there in a couple of days, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> the idea of complimentary chicken is <laughs> so gross. Yes. Well, and he, I don't he gives even... them the tiny sack <laughs> that might have like two legs in it. Yeah. And it's greasy and crumpled up and yeah, has been there for ages. Right. I'm not even going with like a cannibal thing of it being human. I mean, if that is no, just chicken. It's just fried chicken. Yeah. yeah. It's just gas station fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that Sid Haig made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I pointed out here something that maybe maybe I didn't I never really thought about before, but Captain Spaulding genuinely warns them not to do this. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't think it's a setup. Yeah, on his part, there are definitely parts like looking back on this movie where you're like, he's got, he's not a good guy. No, but he's also not necessarily down with what they're doing over at. The Firefly Homestead, right. you know, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting um, deviation from the rest of the of the psychos. Yeah, well, the it 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 places and especially in a in a world where Devil's Rejects didn't exist yet, right? It puts Captain Spaulding in this state of ambiguity, right? To you, the viewer, that you aren't sure what his motives are right. or if. Depend depending on what they are, if you even care, right? Because you like this character so much. Well, it's like you know, obviously to jump far ahead, but you know when he picks up the girl at the end, yeah. At the moment, you're like, oh, she's right. safe, yeah, yeah. And like, oh no, because the only people you see him kill are the fucking robbers, the people that are self defending himself. Yeah. Right. Um, the confessional cutaways work. Yeah. Uh, of the grainy shots of Baby and uh, Otis talking to the camera th- that they cut in throughout. It, right. it grounds this in a place of... I don't want to keep like throwing the word reality around, but in a movie that's so flashy and, and crazy and over-the-top horror film... Rob Zombie did a wonderful job of putting these moments of grounding reality yeah. that shouldn't do their job, but they do. Right. Yeah. Told you I love this movie, guys. Um, I hate the two girls. <laughs> now we've got to that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only... <laughs> I, I, I hate the two girls. Yeah. The, the, the actors are fine. Yeah. And maybe I'm supposed to hate them, but I'm sure you are. I really do. Yeah. And introducing the phone call home and the father coming to help later really does a number on you as as far as uh, not wanting the two girls to die. Yeah. (laughs) Which um, I don't know, man. It seems like I mean that seems like if it was purposeful. 
yeah. on Rob Zombie's behalf, then it's like uh, so brilliant and so layered. Yeah. They're like, I'm going to write these two girls as cunts that the audience is going to hate. So I'm going to have to link them to a family figure. Right. That's going to force you to not want them to so die. So you still have feelings of like, oh, like you're still rooting yeah, for them yeah. even though they're bitches. Yeah. yeah. Um, the missing cheerleaders subplot adds some nice width, width yeah. <laughs> right. to the film, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's not something you have to spend a lot of time thinking about, but right. it's it uh, sets up how despicable this family is nicely. Yeah. Um, Otis's monologue to the three cheerleaders, so good. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, I thought that the chopped up doll parts on the porch was a bit much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I used to play with these all the time. Yeah. Uh, Chop uh, off their heads and put them up on the thing. Yeah. yeah, we get it. You're, you're at this you're weird. point, I'm not going in that house with you. Right. Right. <laughs> Like if it was just and a like rundown all, house, right? One thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you live in a junkyard. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just stopped watching the movie there. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> uh, the first moment you hear Bill Mosley's voice is magical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It I really. Is. That, I, I mean, yeah. as a fan of Chainsaw Two from way back, way before House right. of Thousand Corpses, and. This being hyped up as his big return, yeah, or like his, he never left, but you know, like sure, his big spotlight, yeah. The moment you hear that Otis voice, <laughs> is just like huge grin, yeah. Um, uh, Rufus in the headlights, uh, when they, the, did you hear that? They're in the car, right? The turn lights, telegraphed, but good, mm-hmm. like. Obviously, something was going to be there. Sure. But it still worked. Yeah. Um, baby's butt crack owns me. Oh, that <laughs> that butt cleavage. Ah. The character baby. Taking that out of context is going to sound really gross. <laughs> I need, we need to make a soundboard of out of context clips. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Robbie, get on that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that those tiny little thermals. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want hot cocoa. Yeah, is what I wrote next. Not the only thing tasty here. Yeah, the hot cocoa looks really good. It does. <laughs> uh, then I wrote mixed media extravaganza, which I guess happened at that point. I don't remember. Okay, a, a lot. Of, I think what I mean by that is also just throughout the whole movie. I I like uh, mixed media when it's necessary. Like right. the prime example is. Uh, Natural Born Killers. Oh, sure. Like, Oliver Stone used, like, 20 different forms of video and film for that. Right. And I, I like when that works in a movie, and I think it does in Corpses. It's hard to pull off, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Karen Black Shines. Yes. I wrote. Um, Karen and Chris equals chemistry. I was about to say, fucking Jerry's down to clown, <laughs> yeah. man. He is, yeah. uh, he's feeling it. Um, the moment, I think it's kind of a medium to tight shot. Uh, the moment mother firefly turns. Yeah. Kind of genuinely scary. When she realizes they're that they're kind of making, fun. Kinda making yeah. fun of her. Yeah. Um, the score of this movie, not the soundtrack, but the score. Yeah. Way better than I ever noticed. Yeah. 
Uh, and a lot of it is just kind of sound cues. Right. Um, but a lot of it is also like, uh, you know, ramping up kind of music. Sure. Um, it's really fantastic. Uh, and then I wrote the Ramones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a Ramones track in there. Yep. Um, the corpse cheerleader in baby's room reveal. Yeah. Is really off putting. It sure is. <laughs> Cause one of them is still alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, grandpa is awesome. He sure is. <laughs> he sure fucking is. Um, goddamn Mosley's presence when he first walks down to the dinner. Oh with yeah, the jar, and he's just kind of swaggering in. Yeah, and giving them all a look of like, "What the and, fuck are you doing at my table?" And every fucked up goth girl got wet. Yeah, <laughs> they sure did. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Mosley's uh, phrasing of uh, that old bitch hog <laughs> sets up the dynamic for rejects nicely. Yeah, of that him and uh, Spalding have kind of this uh, push and pull power struggle. Right. I thought you know, again, in a world where rejects doesn't or when in a world where rejects doesn't exist, that's an interesting dynamic to even bother setting up. Right. And then once rejects does exist, right, the payoff is so great. Well, and it also reinforces. I told you we were going to dig deep into this <laughs> right. movie, people. It it re that moment reinforces the ambiguity of Spalding too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, obviously, he has no regard for this guy. Like, he he doesn't think much of him. He, so they're not connected. Like, they're not in cahoots. Yeah. You know. Um. That's like any excuse I can use to use the word cahoots. Understandable. <laughs> uh, Grandpa shouts, "It's showtime!" And then there's a showtime interstitial that I absolutely fucking fall in love with. Yeah. No other movie would this work for. No. And I don't. And a lot of the detractors of this film, I don't think, realize that this stuff does work for this movie. Yeah. Um, I I just love that during all of this, like during Grandpa's bits, Jerry is fucking loving oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna wake up, Grandpa. <laughs> um, rapid editing works so well. Um, for a time progression. Yeah. Um. And also, what happens here, I don't think is ever... Everybody talks about, oh, this is such a Texas Chainsaw Massacre ripoff. We'll get into it. Uh, and it isn't. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, this moment of the It's Showtime is very Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like, sure. very. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's all. Like, <laughs> like, you kids came into some shit that we're going to proceed with, whether you're here or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do this every night yeah. after dinner. There's a show that we put on. Um, then I wrote De Palma uh, because a lot of uh, the the uh, split screen stuff in mm. that show was very Brian De Palma. Yeah, um, inspired. I think probably like on his sleeve inspired. Yeah, uh, Jerry's reaction to the show. Yeah, just love <laughs> it. Just love it. Um, then I wrote. Um, the girl got them murdered. She sure did. Bitch. Yeah. She sure did. Up until this point, it's debatable. Sure. But I think a case could be made that up until this point, they might have 
left. There was the possibility for salvation. The car got fixed. It sure did. Yeah. There would be no reason for the car to get fixed if they were never going to leave. Right. But jealous ass cunt number one <laughs> yeah. has to go and cause a scene. Now, the debate on the other side of that is if they were ever going to leave, then why were Tiny and Otis dressed up as scarecrows? Sure. And my answer to that would be to scare them. Right. Sure. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's <sighs> I think it's obvious that this was always going to happen to them. Sure. But I think it's fun to think about a world where it's this one bitch's fault. Yeah. Because I really don't have an answer to why right. the car would be fixed. And also, unless they're that sadistic that they wanted them, they would go through all the trouble to putting a new tire on a car just right. to give them five minutes of right. thinking that they were going to be okay. And also, Bill was into it. So, you know, let him have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I read, the car was fixed. <laughs> uh, Scarecrowsly rules? Scarecrowsly? No, I, yeah. Bill Mosley is a scarecrow. No, I, I get it. Scarecrowsley. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yep. uh, great rain. Yeah, movie had really believable great rain, yeah. especially in a week where we're we've been filled with rain. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, and it was raining when I watched this, so it was kind of nice. Nice. Um, love, love, love the old sheriff guy. Yeah. Really happy nothing went nothing went south with him. <laughs> right. Really like him. The phone call from the dad to him is just I love little just set pieces like that that don't really there's nothing flashy about him. It's like right. we were saying we always go back to Michael Parks. Yeah. And from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. This is just a conversation. Yeah. But these two actors are so good Fucking at what they're doing it. that yeah. I'm I'm captivated. Yeah. Um Dunce cap plus Otis's room plus Otis plus this happening in the daylight equals really scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I get into uh, the difference between um, torture porn and degradation later on, but like the idea of degradation of a dunce cap yeah. on someone who's going to be a murder victim yeah. is so upsetting yeah. to think and so unnecessarily. Like, last house on your left, pee your pants. Right. Scenario. Like, you didn't have to put them through this. Yeah. Like, if you're going to kill them, just fucking kill them. Like, yeah. You don't have to play these games. Um, Otis talking kindly about Bill is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, as soon, like, again, back to the first time I watched it, as soon as he starts talking about how much he appreciates Bill, you're like, God damn, Bill... Done got fucked. Like it's, it's yeah. Bill had a bad time. <laughs> the the only thing more to this let please let this be a quote that someone puts on Twitter and tags uh, Bill Mosley in. The only thing more terrifying than Bill Mosley in character delivering evil talk, yeah, is Bill Mosley in character delivering kind talk. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Right? Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> um. The VHS cutaways to Bill are so off-putting. Yeah. Um, Rain Wilson uh, in this movie is pretty fearless as an actor. Yeah. Because he looks 
terrible and stupid (laughs) in this torture scene. Yeah, like just weird contorted facial expressions and yeah, and very very uh, realistic. Sure, Um, I would think I would assume. Right. Um, Right. mm. Never mind the chair that's bolted to the floor in the corner. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Brick house. Love it. (laughs) Brick house equals bad choice. Nah. Didn't love it. I thought that scene needed a less funky song that wasn't modernized or covered. Mm. Yeah. Think about it. I'm just plugging in because it's a creepy song that's been used somewhere else. Think of Tiptoe Through the Tulips <laughs> being in that scene. Yeah. I I think, I don't know. Like, I, I see what Zombie was trying to do. Or Dance yeah. Macabre. The fact, um, for me, the fact that it's a cover by Rob Zombie Mm. took me out of its 1977. Do you think you would have been better off if it was the original? Probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm. I would say probably, definitely. Yeah. Um, Because he, and he's not afraid to use classic tracks like Buck Owens and Slim Whitman. Right. I don't know, I don't know why he would choose to, I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't work for me. Uh, Fish Boy is genuinely disturbing. Yeah. Like, truly upsetting. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and it was interesting, like, seeing Fish Boy, like, it almost looks like that Fish Boy has been around for a while, too. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like a fresh Fish Boy. <laughs> yeah. I remember distinctly the first time that reveal happened and yeah. Otis's face, the pride. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that reveal and then the, the slow kind of shot up from the fish body. Right. It, watching it for the first time in the theater thinking, and I'm sorry if this is like stupid or if you think this is like, well, I thought you were a horror geek. Right. It hit me as a moment where I was like, this is, this is different. Yeah. There's a new era happening yeah and this is fucked up yeah so yeah and there's Fish definitely a, a moment uh, like a, a feeling of of sadness for bill and absolutely too you know of the four victims bill was the most oh, come on yeah yeah he didn't <laughs> yeah. deserve that shit. Yeah. yeah yeah a case could be made for everyone else yeah. even jerry i mean i like jerry all right but He's kind of a T.J. Miller character that I understand <laughs> if you think is uh, annoying. Right. Um, Buck Owens, mm. Who's Gonna Mow Your Grass. I love <laughs> that song. Um, I Could Spend All Day with Wydell and the Deputy. Yeah. Yeah. Nash, I believe is his name. Yeah. Uh, I just, I could watch a buddy cop film. Yeah, for sure. Uh and be very happy. Just, just sitting on the side of the road drinking Coke out of a glass bottle. <laughs> yep. Get off the car, man. What is this, your fucking house? <laughs> Goddamn grease monkey. <laughs> love Walton Goggins. Oh, Steven. Um, I, oh, again, I wrote, I love the ambiguity of Spalding in this film. Yeah. Because it's still, it's, he's fucking with them at first, but then right. he actually starts giving information. Yeah, he tells them what he very, knows. Yeah, yeah, he does exactly what a person who isn't guilty right. would do. Yeah. Oh, I drew him a map. Yeah, sure did. How about you draw that same damn map for me? 
Uh, you shit 10 bricks for all I care. I actually wrote that. What? What is the motivation behind that line? Shit a brick, I understand. But right. To, to add nine bricks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems unnecessary. Seems, Seems redundant. Um, but yeah, I, I remember having never seen Juan Goggins and thinking, I hope this guy keeps working. Yeah. I hope that guy has some really nice fake tits in a, in a motorcycle TV show. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you got to start justified. Yeah, I know. He is amazing in that show. I bet. I bet. He's uh, one of the villains in um, um, that, that movie... Uh, with the sad girl from the vampire movies and the guy who was uh, the founder of Facebook. Oh, Jesus. So Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen yeah. Stewart. Yep. Oh, uh, um, uh, hmm. What was it called? Amer- American Ultra? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Goggins is in that. Nice. He's good in it. Um,. Uh, where were we? Uh, reverse negative Sasquatch dream sequence weirdness. Yeah, that's all I wrote. Yeah, and then uh, Doctor Satan. It happened. The 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 end of the dream with his the his uh, gravestone and negative with blood dripping down. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Pretty scary. And then I wrote poor sweet tiny. Yeah. Poor sweet tiny. He, I mean, he had a hand. And the bad shit that happened, but he, I, don't, I don't know how much you he really feel like what's he doesn't on. want to, though. Yeah, uh, Agatha Crispies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> I want them to make that really bad, and I want to eat it out of a dog bowl mm. with a giant spoon. Uh, and then I wrote the Alice in Wonderland motif begins. Yes, um, there's no way that that isn't done on purpose, right? Uh, she is dressed as Alice in Wonderland. Right. Uh, the Black Lagoon Room. Mm. That's a cool wall. Yeah. That's yeah. a really cool wall. Uh, and then right after, this this house is like Maniac Mansion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And there's so, all the rooms have their own little like motif. Yeah. And then you put the hamster in the microwave. Did you ever play Maniac Mansion? Yeah. That was a fun-ass game. Uh, Jerry's scalping, even though it looks incredibly fake, still hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel it on my head. Yeah. You know? Uh, I did write down. A lot of that has to do with sound design, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Because that was, the the wig looked terrible. (laughs) Um, I I did put down during that scene, of course, Betty Davis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, then we go back to the cops, the trunk reveal. Yeah. Um, and again, I love the interaction between the cop, like Nash finds the keys and, uh, you know, the old sheriff says, well, open the trunk dog dick or whatever. (laughs) And then instead of him doing that, Wydell as the like superior officer, like snaps and is like, no, I'm opening the trunk. (laughs) Right. Just little shit like that. It just goes so far for me. Uh, Jerry is a dartboard. Yeah. Nope. Yep. <laughs> nope. Let him go. Yeah. Let him go. <laughs> you let him go right now. 
Uh, I don't even like Chris Hardwick. <laughs> um, the dad is so real. Yeah, that. I mean everything from like the the costuming. Just oh yeah, for sure. Khaki members only jacket, khaki slacks, yeah. white button up shirt. Yeah, like nothing fancy. Nothing. No. Um. The weird black guy cutaway. Yeah, that's strange. I'm okay. I, I wrote all these cutaways because I think somehow they work. But I right. all each one I want to talk to Rob Zombie about. And just I want like, to know the story behind yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the uh, cops' psychedelic drive to doom. Yeah, I thought was interesting. Yeah, um, and how it um, I I read really deep into it as the these these two cops think they know what reality is but until they get to the house they're not they have they will realize that this is real life yeah they're they're not prepared so i feel like the drive up being in that weird like lsd print right was again went really deep was rob zombie being like this is the world these cops have been living in. Right. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. There's not much to worry about. Right. As soon as they hit the brake in the driveway, we go to regular film. Yeah. And you're you're now about to get fucked in the <laughs> real world. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, the deeper I get, oh, the deeper I get, the less I see overt Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, motifs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, oh, <laughs> Nash's Cocker Spaniel story. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, and I love that such a funny, revealing, kind of embarrassing moment is, uh, and a moment to chuckle is what immediately proceeds the fucking the disaster that's yeah. about to befall them. uh that barn reveal goddamn heartbreaking dad's face goddamn that is uh the slow motion like tight zoom in or like shot of his face and just the despair and shock that moment is one of the most well acted moments in this movie yeah. by far. Like you feel his sorrow. Yep. And like the the cutaways to like Christmas. happy Christmas morning, yep. you know, and all oh man. Yep. Uh Mother Firefly being nice is so scary. Yeah. Almost as scary as Otis. Almost. You see where he gets it from. Yeah. Mother Fly Firefly is scary but you also know that she'd totally be down to fuck this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, then I wrote, by Wydell. Teared yeah. up. I teared up. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Slim Whitman, perfect. Yep. Uh, I don't think I need to say why. <laughs> I mean, I remember you. Yeah. Come on. The shot. 30 Full seconds that geeks need to start revering. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I don't know why this shot is not listed in a greatest of all time. Yeah. I, I do remember. It's 30. I timed it. It is 30 full seconds of from the time the the song ends. Right. To the shot. Yeah. I, I, I may have said this on the show before, but I do distinctly remember, again, watching it for the first time and being like, is something wrong with my disc? Right. <laughs> like, it, did, it, did it just freeze up on me? Oh, in a theater? Oh, I bet. Like 10 seconds in, just hearing the like. <laughs> right. And then the like loudness of that shot. Yeah. I'm sorry to people who think that this movie is generic uh, derivative bullshit. I, right. I, am, I really honestly do find moments like this in this film. That yeah. I'm like, this, this, this needs to be celebrated. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cocker Spaniel, buy one of them, the shot. Uh, at this point, there's a drastic tone shift in Pussy Liquor Starts. Yeah. It becomes another movie almost. Mm-hmm. Or the, the, the nature of the film shifts into there's no one here to help you. Yeah, it is a it is a nice benchmark. Yeah. To kind of signify like shit's really going to start popping off now. Yeah. Uh I want to worship baby's ass. You want to? Yeah. I mean in real life. Ah. Like <laughs> legit. No, I mean <laughs> I pause the film and and do it every time. Well, of course. <laughs> um Do I work at the liquor store? <laughs> Uh, in parentheses, not funny. <laughs> it's supposed to be Gober. <laughs> G-O-ber. Oh, man. That's fascinating, Goober. <laughs> um, you also know that it's like back in the 70s when you see how much liquor they're buying <laughs> yeah. and the amount. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. I realized at this point in House of a Thousand Corpses, you don't really uh, root for the family as much in this one as I remembered. Yeah. Certainly not as much as you do in Rejects. No, no. Because we're way over the halfway point in Corpses, and while I appreciate and have a reverence, I guess, for Otis and, and you know all the characters, sure. I'm, not, I'm still actively being like, I need Jerry and the other girl to get away. Right. Stop it. This is our first show like this. Okay, sorry. Um, He's turning into Jim Gaffigan over there. Otis descends the stairs. Yeah. Her dad's face. Jesus H. Christ. (laughs) Not just the face, though. Like, the reveal that it's, like, torso skin, too, is goddamn chilling. The quick cuts to dad. Yeah. Like, the shot, the, you know. Oof. God damn it. But just that the the uh, not to reuse the word, but the reverence that you're forced to feel when he starts descending and saying, right. oh, "Who brings the devil's brandy?" Right, all that shit. Oh, Otis is more evil and despicable than I realized. Yeah, <laughs> I never think when I think about these characters. I guess a I, I'm thinking of them in rejects. Yeah, off the bat. 
and B, I don't, I don't know if I block out all of the f- really fucking evil shit that goes down in this movie. Um, the boogeyman is real, and you found him. Oh yeah, Chilling. yep. Yeah. That line, <laughs> that line, much like that thirty-second shot. Yeah, should be celebrated a little more. The boogeyman is real, and you found him. Come on. It also um, it also feels kind of like a jab at Carpenter. Yeah. You know, the boogeyman is real. Okay, that's cool. Well, guess what? In my movie, the boogeyman is real, and you found him. Um, the pounding score as they take the foggy walk. Yeah. So great. <laughs> so great. The red long johns with the skull face paint. Yep. The lantern. I love everything about it. <laughs> Bunny costumes. They do it for you? No, they add <laughs> to the sickening. And I followed this up with uh, degradation differs from torture porn. Yeah. Um, it just, it does. Yeah. It, it irritates me when people like refer to House of a Thousand Corpses as torture porn. Because it isn't. No. Hostile is tor- torture porn. Ugh. Yeah. Um, the dunce cap, the dartboard, uh, the bunny costumes. Just the games in The general. games, yeah. 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 Uh, that graveyard. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, mommy, as Ian would say. Uh. Oh, by the way, I'm Lono. Uh, joining me is the... The uh, Breck and Meyer of podcasting, Ian. I'm not sure what that means. I got no beef with Breck and Meyer. Um, Does that make you Seth Green? I think. <laughs> I wish. Uh, the ramshackle disconnect of everything makes this movie work for me. Yeah. The shifting plots, the shifting unanswered tone. questions, the shifting tones, yeah. it all holds it together for me yeah. uh, in a really great way. Baby's poem thing is dumb. Don't like it. Don't yeah. like that scene. That's it's stupid. It's just, I mean, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of, I was really just reaching for anything negative to say about this movie. Right. I really do love it. Right. But they, they, that goes a little longer than it should. Of, yeah. Of her having killed the girl. And then there's this whole like fucking Lord Byron shit that she goes <laughs> into. Uh, like baby isn't that deep. Come on. The blue lit night is perfect. Yeah. Um, I like that it wasn't total darkness. It was like one of those weird sailors' nights or whatever they call it. Right. It's like street lights almost don't need to be on. Right. Uh, oh, God damn it. I suck. God, I suck. Oh, and I didn't turn that down. Oh, no. The show's falling apart. Oh, the new episode is terrible. <laughs> I didn't even call it up. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, no. What have you done? It's okay. It's almost there. We're getting there. I wanted to play something for everyone. Ah. So, at this point I wrote Crowley. The Poet is the name of the track. And they slowed it down in the film. Um, And then I wrote in parentheses, as a trigger? 
real magic? Interesting. Like, could that Crowley poem, could they be, could Otis be like practicing, like, uh, like, like Crowley something? magic and that uh, reading that poem, tr- like, awakens? Right. So, anyway, th- they played it slowed down, but uh, I'm telling you, even at regular speed, it's terrifying. Bury me in a nameless grave. I came from God, the world to save. I brought them wisdom from above, worship and liberty and love. They slew me. For I did disparage, therefore, religion, law, and marriage. So be my grave without a name, that earth may swallow up my shame. And then zombies. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no way to drag down a podcast more than to play some fucking Alistair Crowley. <laughs> but that's that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And it's... I, it, 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 it. That's where I first heard about this. Uh, I mean, I knew about Crowley. Right. But um, the fact that he recorded shit, like his voice is the out there. Yeah. I thought he predated shit like that or like just never got around to it or whatever. Right. Hearing the actual man recite that poem is kind of fucking terrifying and yeah. chilling to me. And then to to slow it down... Bury me in a nameless grave. I don't do it well at all, but it's and in that context of a coffin being lowered into a pit. Yeah. Uh, but do you think that might be it? Do you think because this is something that I never thought about before when watching the movie? Do you think Otis might be practicing like the left hand path and has like figured out some shit involving Crowley? I mean, it's it's certainly a possibility. I mean, there's no indication earlier on that he would be really into that kind of thing but but to but now he almost looks like a high priest well i was about to say then to that to see him like visually change up his attire and and his look so drastically to kind of go hand in hand with the crowley-esque yeah stuff like maybe part of what i love about this movie like this that that is unanswered right but it is there. Yeah. <laughs> like something is there. An argument could be made uh, for sure. There. Uh, wait, real zombies? This isn't just serial killers, right? I mean that this is almost as drastic for me when I first saw it as um, vampires in From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> like wait, what? <laughs> yeah. This isn't a bank robbery movie, <laughs> right? Why are there so many wires? Um. There is supernatural shit in this world. Yeah. We're over an hour into the movie, and we're just finding this out. The supernatural is a real thing. Oh, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) That's genius. Yeah. Yeah. Because it isn't a zombie movie. It isn't a monster movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's still a factor. (laughs) Yeah. How is it not the focus? (laughs) Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Rufus. The unsung hero of the Firefly clan. Yeah. He's the only one that's getting shit done, really, behind the <laughs> right. scenes. Yeah. I just think we need to take a moment to uh, to point that out. Re- rewatching it, I do wish that he had more 
like screen time, like more of an active role. Like, yeah. Like I wish his character was a little more. Cars done. Out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the old man bunny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that mm, that <laughs> image will stick with you. Mm. And then suddenly, just as we had forgotten about it, the Alice in Wonderland motif returns. Yep. The timing of that could not have been better. Yep. It was completely out of my head. Yeah. And then the bunny suits ripped off and, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't get how people don't love this movie. Um, uh, Priest Otis is rad. <laughs> Hashtag. WBD, RAD. That's right. Uh, the skeleton hallway is impressive. Yep. Also, there's a underground skeleton hallway. <laughs> Uh, what is happening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is this movie? So drastic has this movie turned yeah. on a dime. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I say that in a great, in a wonderful way. Do you think that that's kind of the root of why people don't like this movie? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, people don't. People want everything written out for them. Yeah. They the people need everything to make sense, right. and we don't. And I get that up to I a really point, don't. but but yeah, I'm, I'm with. I you. smoke like, out of a bowl that has veins and an eyeball on it that we call Shelly. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, and I do that right now. Yeah, but I feel like that may be a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, you could be. Yeah, you could be. You could be a big part of it if you just try. Um. Wow, the uh, like ornate stellar entrance design mm-hmm. to what is a waiting room. Yeah, yeah. I love that like disassociation. Like, oh, she's about to enter some like ancient like ceremonial chamber of wait now what? Nope. Uh. Richard Wick. Yep. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Richard Wick. Yep. From the beginning of the movie. It's the He He was at the very beginning. Yep. He tried to rob Spaulding and now what is what is this place? <laughs> Why is he there? What is happening? Why is this so awesome? Dr. Satan is real. Sure is. It's a real guy. And he's incredible. Yeah. The fucking design of Dr. Satan. God, I want that McFarlane oh, yeah. Dr. Yeah. Satan figure so goddamn bad. <coughs> this intricate, yeah. huge, insano character <laughs> is being shown Minutes from the closing credits, <laughs> and no answer is given to yeah. what he is or yep. what he is doing. Yep. <laughs> I'm on the last page. Thank you. Oh boy, we're going back to old school uh, time frame of. <laughs> yeah, and I still, to... I still have to go through my little uh, Venn diagram. Thing. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll run through it. Though. Okay, uh, and then Earl, the professor. Yeah. Which I still don't know why his, he's called the professor. But Earl, they, who they tell the story about, right? who burnt, was the reason Bernie got all, uh, Bernie, uh, Tiny got all burned up. <laughs> Bernie got all tined up. 
uh, is down there too. He's yeah. real too. None of this is bullshit. Nope. Um, rewatching this, I realize they really left a lot of answers out of rejects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So There's many questions. Nothing. There is zero supernatural to rejects. Nope. Um, the professor's mouth. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. What happened? Yep. I need to know. Um, the classic rebirth moment that gives you hope. Mm. Busting through the ground, up through the grass. Right. Oh, man. You know, I didn't really like her, but she's been through a lot. I'm pretty glad she made it out. Yeah, at least one of them did. Uh, cool. Spalding. Nice little wraparound bow. <laughs> to save the day. To bring him back. That's cool. Um, the goddamned ambiguity of Spalding is awesome. Yeah. Because even when she gets in the car. Yeah. I'll take you to a doctor. You believe him. Yeah. Um, and Spalding's car. Yeah. <laughs> pretty boss it is it is the boss of rad um oh fuck otis yep okie doke uh and the the stinger in the score when he comes up is so exploitation-y grindhouse-y goodness yeah yeah uh the hard cut to her with dr satan is great right now, here's something that that, that kind of came to mind the first time I saw it. And I don't know if this was intended or mm-hmm. not, but it's kind of the, for some reason, the first couple of times I watched this movie, I thought that the whole like her escaping and then being picked up by Spalding and then driven back was almost like, like a weird, like a uh, fancy dream she had while she was in. Oh, Doctor Satan's chair. Uh huh. And I don't know if maybe you I can just make an argument for that. I just read it weird, or if that was intended to be like uh, maybe you know. I mean, because either way, she ends up in the chair. But right. At what point do you think the dream starts? Probably during the tunnel collapse. Okay, so you think all that happened, right? In this scenario, right? And then she yeah. like got knocked out or something, right? During the collapse, dragged back to the chair. And while she's unconscious, she's thinking of like, "Oh, I escaped." Yeah, and, and, you could be right. Out. Yeah, it's that's what I. One of the things I love about this movie, there's <laughs> right. so many of those. Right. I mean, we could really make this a six-hour podcast, right? Of yeah. if we traveled down all the little side streets mm. that we could, and I think that's great. Um, the sudden the end card, yeah, is both uh, jarring, welcomed, yeah, and. Uh, uh, anger inducing <laughs> right uh we're left beautifully confused yeah um i like the standard end credits yeah it's a nice contrast to the opening credits of just these are just credits yeah just and uh no ps makes it even better i yeah. think if an, a ps had been added to this movie it would have either answered something that you actually don't want answered that you right. think you do or would have been unnecessary. Yeah. So I think, uh, and that's due, my beat for beat from when I watched it. Due to the uh, vastness of your beat for beat, I think you uh, deserve the, <laughs> oh, thank the you. Uh, flag back. Thank you, sir. 
I'll take that. Um, all right, so I have some little questions. Okay. Like what ifs. Right. That I came in a couple of like uh, talking points. Do you want to do that or do you want to do your Venn diagram? Uh, let's run through the Venn diagram real or quick. Or do you want to do a song? And then we'll come back and do these two things and the wrap up. You got your song queued up? I do. Let's go for the song. Okay. Uh, this shouldn't be much of a surprise. It's from the soundtrack of House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> it is Dance Macabre. <laughs> it will never be Dance Macabre. Uh, but no, it is Buck Owens with Who's Gonna Mow Your Grass. Nice. Who's gonna dry your big blue eyes day after day? Who's gonna jump when you say frog? Who's gonna bow and scrape after I've gone away? gonna kiss you and who's gonna miss you who's gonna hold to your hand who's gonna chop your candle and wood after i've made new plans hey who's gonna be your man who's gonna bring you your breakfast in bed who's gonna whisper good night who's gonna keep you puppy dog when I'm a thing of the past hey who's gonna mow your grass It's it's an important question, I think, in this day and age. Yeah. Who is going to mow your grass? Yeah. You know, is it going to be you? Are you going to pay somebody to do it? Because I don't want to do it. It's summer. Yeah. It's going to have to be done. Mm. You guys. So. Need to uh, wrap this up on a downer, but. <laughs> but take care of your yard. Yeah. Guys, come on. Be proud of it. <laughs> it's a reflection of who you are as a person. All right. So here's the bit we've all been waiting for. What's up? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. I just blanked out for a second. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, Woohoo! Oh. Uh, so the moment we've all been waiting for 
is the part where Ian tells all the people who think uh, this is a ripoff of Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, to go fuck themselves. I can say I've genuinely been looking forward to yeah. it. Because I feel like I'm probably going to agree with you. All right, so I did a kind of a... And I never agree with you. Vin, Vin, right, Vin diagram kind of kind of deal here. Uh, That's the diagram first introduced to the world by Vin Diesel? Yes, yes. It's. I thought the first uh, name he gave it was better, the Vin Dieselgram. So what I did was... Uh, <laughs> I, Robbie uh, laughed at that. Um, I bet he did. Um I'll go with the similarities first, just to get those out of the way. Okay. Okay. Things these two movies have in common. Now, are you talking just Chainsaw 1 or just the idea of Texas Chainsaw, like incorporating the franchise? I I tend to just go with the first one. Okay. Like, I just assume people are Because I will say there are some parallels to Chainsaw 2. Sure. As far as look. Sure. Set design and Bill Mosley. Right. Uh, So the things they have in common. Uh, Both have a psycho family. Check. Uh, psycho Southern family. Yeah. Um, there's a hitchhiker. Uh, yeah. Uh, teens are getting killed. And around the same time period. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there's a dinner scene. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's one, I guess. Playing too. devil's advocate here. I, I didn't even think of that <laughs> one. But yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. Now... As a, I'm gonna put a little bit of an asterisk here. Um, I wish you would. It's gonna kind of sound like with the way I describe some things, it's gonna kind of sound like I'm coming down on Chainsaw. Okay, but I'm not. <laughs> Thank I you promise. for warning me. Right. Um, in Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the family are cannibals. Yes. In House of a Thousand Corp- Corpses, the motivation is seems to be weird experiments and almost like a social, uh, like a social commentary kind of mm. thing, like. You know, uh, Otis definitely has like a talent, right? Like a weird, uh, like artistic flair. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like he's trying to say something by what he's doing, you know? Well, if you listen to the monologues, right. Like the rants he goes on, it's very like, yeah. yeah, he's got a platform, right. That he's trying to get across. Um, and Chainsaw. You know, obviously the hitchhiker is a, is a threat. Like he's a crazy guy mm. with a fucking razor blade. But there's really like one main mem- member of the family that you have to worry about. The cook. Drayton. Right. Of yeah. course. He'll hit you with a broom handle. <laughs> he sure will. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, everyone can fuck your shit up. Yeah. Like you need to be afraid of every single person in this family. True. Um, Chainsaw. The ending. At least there's a survivor. Like it's like she's mentally scarred by the ordeal, like right. heavily so, but at least someone gets away. Th- Thousand Corpses, not only is it not a happy ending, it gut punches you because it makes you think that it's a happy ish ending. Um visually, chainsaw, kinda drab, snuff film, you know, vibe to it. Uh it's very uh gritty and like sweaty but realistic um corpses is almost documentary like yeah <clears throat> is much more vibrant uh, you could almost say like even loud you know what i mean like just like big pops of color and 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 just very uh it doesn't get to the level of being distracting but it is like it's it's almost like a uh, a character unto itself like there's yeah. so much yeah. you know 
like so much is coming at you at once. Like you're being assaulted almost. Um, Chainsaw, not a lot of gore in that movie. No. Which people tend to forget. Um, corpses. There's a lot of shit. Like there's a lot of blood and guts, <clears throat> amputations, <throat> uh, mutilations. The goriest thing in Chainsaw is Franklin's face. Yeah. That's it. Fuck you, Franklin. <laughs> It'll be fun, Franklin. I wish we had the ability to make and sell t-shirts. You're right. Get your We Belong Dead Fuck You Franklin t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's just a picture of a tipped over wheelchair on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fuck you, Franklin. Tell us what your least favorite memory of Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is. Um, uh, two more points. Uh, Chainsaw... Not, at least to my mind, uh, trying to look back on it, not really a uh, much of a pop of a, a soundtrack to it. Well, it has a very interesting soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, because it's, like, experimental. It's not really music. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas Chainsaw, <clears throat> obviously, like, has a pretty... Like in your face soundtrack. Corpses. Or corpses, what I say. Yeah, chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. Chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And last one, uh Chainsaw again, I'm I'm not knocking it by saying this, but it is a simple plot. Whoa. <laughs> there's Ooh. you know, there's not a whole lot of uh subtext or anything, no, right. you know. You right, you right. Uh whereas Corpses, that is very much not the case. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this fucking movie. It, it's complicated, guys. Yeah. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. You get your salt level up, maybe you'll maybe you'll get yeah, a hold of it. Get your salt level up. Yeah. I agree with all of that. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> what's so wrong about being derivative to something that influenced you? Right. If it's not done as a cash grab. Right. I mean... I've said it before, like, if you gave me $7 million when I was 17 years old and said, <laughs> make any horror film that you want, any way you want, right. House of a Thousand Corpses would have come out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like Rob Zombie thought that maybe I will only get one shot at this whole movie thing, so I better pay homage with this. Yeah. And he did. Beautifully, I think. <clears throat> so fuck you, naysayers. And fuck you, Franklin. <laughs> um, what if Rob Zombie had done none of the music for this film? Do you think that would have helped or hindered? Hmm. You mean as far as, like, like tracks that he is singing on, like yeah. the Brick House and all that? Um, Like Pussy Licker. Like, uh, right. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I'd, I'd be really interested to to see a movie where his music isn't a part of it. Yeah, because I, I, I don't. I don't I feel like it hurts the movie. It doesn't hurt it, but I think that especially with his like freshman outing, mm -hmm. it would have been nice to see him disassociate himself from being Rob Zombie, the rock star. Right. I can see that. You know what I mean? Um, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about Brickhouse. Like, mm. you know, we know you're Rob Zombie, dude. <laughs> right. We see the movie. Right. <clears throat> um, 
I would love in this day and age a PS4 House of a Thousand Corpses video game. Sure. <laughs> Make it like an Until Dawn type of situation. Oh, so like almost like an interactive movie kind yeah, of thing. Like a Telltale yeah. game. Um, Spalding Halloween Story. I went as Captain Spalding for Halloween. You sure the did. Year after this movie. Or the year of this movie. Anyway, 2003, 2004. I've seen the there. shoes. Yeah, I still have the shoes. Um, we made a hot dog t-shirt that said if I wanted to listen to an asshole, I'd fart on the back. <laughs> I bought actual clown shoes. I bought grease paint. Uh, so fucked up did I get that night that I woke up the next morning uh, in my living room on a couch with no cushions. Yeah. Um, with one clown shoe on and uh, a t-shirt. Yeah. And that was it. No pants. No pants. <laughs> no undies. Huh. I would love to know how that happened. If anyone was at that Halloween party, uh, drop me a line. We belong dead pod at <laughs> gmail.com. Um, I've told the story before. I'll just give a truncated version. You can go back in the archives and try to find it. Um, um, I have a personal connection to the House of a Thousand Corpses universe in mm. that I worked for Rob Zombie at a convention that he backed out of at the last minute. Right. And it was miserable. Yeah. Everyone hated us. Mm-hmm. But that happened. When he did a Spook Show, his comic book. Right. Um, they printed up a con-exclusive version. Me and a few of my friends packed up. 2000 comics and went to the con and uh, did not do well. No. Did not do well. And Rob Zombie owes you sushi. Rob Zombie, hashtag Rob Zombie owes me sushi. No, no, that's just a t shirt. Rob Zombie owes me sushi. And it's just a, a little piece of sushi with the words above it. Nothing else. Rob Zombie owes me sushi. Um,. I feel like this movie did pretty well. Or this movie and, and this world, I guess, the franchise now um, has done pretty well with merch. Yeah, like if you're a fan of House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil you can Reject, find some you shit. Can find some cool shit. Action yeah. figures, T-shirts, um, probably marijuana pipes, probably um, plushies, Living Dead dolls, Ugh. Uh, posters. I mean, the the amount of posters for House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil Reject, Devil's Rejects. That were officially released, yeah, is mind numbing. Let alone all the like deviant art people that have yeah. started doing their own, which is great. I'm I'm not downing deviant art, right? Um, the poster for House of a Thousand Corpses mm. is uh, misleading. Well, yeah, misleading, but um, I mean the official poster, right? Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it is misleading. Although not, not really, because that poster does pay off at the very end. Now, are you talking about the yeah, Blu-ray? That, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it is a uh, again like the opening credits. I, I feel like the poster isn't a tribute to Grindhouse and exploitation. It just is, right? Yeah. Um, which I, I love about it. Uh, the extras on the Blu-ray are great. Yeah. We talked about the little scrolling, or not scrolling, but like t- uh, top-down game. I need to 
give that a it's shot. It's called Zombitron, <laughs> nice. I think. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, especially if you're high. I bet. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but especially if you're high. Um, but yeah, the features are great. There's some uh, making of stuff and some interviews with Sid and yeah. Bill and, and the gang. I seem, I seem to recall track, like we said. a pretty, a fairly beefy, like behind the scenes featurette. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I think Rejects is where he really hit his stride with like two and a half hour making of docs <laughs> right. and stuff. But there's a good one on here, and we'll get to Rejects at some point sure. in this series, I'm sure. Um, probably not long before Three from Hell comes out. We'll, yeah. we'll do that maybe. Um, uh, <clears throat> House of a Thousand Corpses is also a part of why I hate Twenty Eight Days Later. Ah, <clears throat> when I lived in <laughs> Danville. Uh, 28 Days Later and House of a Thousand Corpses came out on home video around the same time. Mm. Might have been the same week. And I had a friend that worked at Blockbuster Video, and he got screeners in like two months early. So yeah. he burned or he um, copied this. No, it couldn't have been VHS, or was it? Anyway, he gave me a, a it copy of it. could have been DVD, them. I think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, I was going on a road trip with a friend to visit a couple friends in Richmond, the day I got the DVD of 28 Days Later and House of a Thousand Corpses. I'd heard about 28 Days Later. I heard it was good. I was like, I'll get around to it. Right. I was specifically excited to take House of a Thousand Corpses up there because everyone that was involved in this road trip had not seen it yet. Mm. And I had, and I could not wait to show it to them. And then when I got there, I was outvoted, and we watched 28 Days Later. And I, I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite character in House of a Thousand Corpses? Spalding, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough because I do <laughs> like like I love Otis. Yeah, as fucked up as that is to say. <laughs> yes, I in my own way I love Jerry, but like Otis, like I mean uh, Spalding rather yeah. just wins it out pretty easily. I gotta go with Baby's butt crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think uh, Spalding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think. Uh, Keeping Spalding amb- ambiguous could have worked, yeah, just as well. Keeping him as like a story mover, yeah, like a host yeah. of sorts, like a, like a gatekeeper to this, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, craziness. Um, and, but I gotta say, I also love uh, Tom Tolls, yeah, Waddell, yeah, and the share. I mean, all the characters have this likability factor, yeah. I, and I think it also certainly doesn't hurt the fact that uh, not that we're like buds with Sid Haig or anything but right, like but we were kind of buds with Sid but Hague. we've had like <laughs> multiple moments yeah and uh it's pretty great <laughs> yeah yeah it really is um why has this film not gotten a special anniversary release yeah um that's all just yep. make it happen mm-hmm. someone please um if they had done a PS what what part of the storyline do you think they should have addressed or that would have been good to address as a PS? Or do you think it should have been just something that wasn't even in the movie that you're just like, okay, what? That's tough. Because there's so many threads. Yeah. I think I, I, I put some thought into this right. because I wrote the question. Right. <laughs> but, uh, I think it would have been cool. Do you remember in the uh, House on Haunted Hill remake at the beginning how they kind of show the unsolved mysteries version of the story of the mental asylum? Oh, yeah. I thought of like a, 
a like, cool little like five to seven minute PS that treated Doctor Satan like that would have been kind of cool to yeah. show like a real history. You know. Yeah. No, I'd totally be down for that. Um. We'll do this at another date. I had written rank Rob Zombie's films. Oh, yeah. But we can <laughs> do that on another show. Yeah. Um, We've gone like five hours at this point. And we kind of talked about this a little bit while we were while we were going through the film, but uh, what do you think the main reason for the backlash and hate from fans of this movie is? And do you think that kind of like a Halloween 3, that time has tempered that hate and more people are maybe coming around to it? I mean, I, I think... It's an amazing, uh, we'll talk about this more when we do the Devil's Rejects right. episode, but it's an it's an, an amazing uh, line in the sand of people who hate House of a Thousand Corpses but love Devil's Rejects. Right. I don't know in history if there's ever been that kind of right. uh, split. I mean, I, there are people that, like me, that like Evil Dead 2 more than Evil Dead. Sure. But I still love Evil Dead. Sure. These are people that like actively hate House of a Thousand Corpses. And actively love Devil's Rejects. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I I do think it kind of goes back to you know, what I brought up earlier about like... Me, me, me. <laughs> about people after watching this. I, I, think it, it, I think it's twofold. It's the people who are wrong but feel like it's a ripoff of Chainsaw. And then the people who need more answers than the very few that were given mm-hmm. and are frustrated with, you know, the way things play at, played out in this movie and and all that. Now, I, I do think, I feel like already it's kind of tempered a bit. Yeah. Um, the hatred. Um, but I think, kind of like you said, I think as time goes on, that may... Um, Days go by. <laughs> that may uh, um, get get better. Like it, it'll become more appreciated. Do you think there are any? Do you think there's like a uh, faction that don't like this movie because they're like, why does this fucking rock star think he can be a director? I do. Stick with what you know. Right. Yeah. Like I, people don't want people to be multi talented. Like, how dare you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, who are you to just decide that you're a filmmaker now? You know. Kind of oh thing. yeah, of course. Rob Zombie got to make a movie. He's Rob Zombie. Right. He didn't have to put in the work like the you know indie right. people. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Right. I guarantee there's some of that. I'm sure. Well, you guys need to change your mind, and that is where we fade to black on House of a Thousand Corpses. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. I hope you liked it. Like I said, this is the maiden voyage. And uh, I'll try to temper my length of uh, notes that I take because we're we're in about three hours. Yeah, um, sounds about right. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let let me know, you know, if you uh, have any pointers for us. Things yeah. you, if you like the new format, if you don't, whatever, you know, let us know what you think at uh, webelongdeadpod at gmail dot com or uh, on the Facebook page. And while you're at it, go ahead and hit share. Mm. On Facebook. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Yeah, we saw House of a Thousand Corpses. Sure did. And we loved it. Uh, Next week is Ian's choice. It is. 
Um, before we get to that again, though, big thanks to Pseudo Ludo, lifetime sponsor. Go check them out, pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. Uh, find out what they think of House of a Thousand Corpses. I actually don't know. I don't think we've ever hmm. talked about it. Uh, but uh, like I said, la- next week is uh, Ian's choice, and he picked what I would call a a hum dinger. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah. Well, we, the we, way we're going to do this is at the end of every episode, we'll play the trailer for what next week's is going to be. It's not going to be a surprise, right? Throughout the coming week, we'll talk about it on on social media. Sure. Uh, Instagram, IMM1987, and I am uh, Lono Mojo. Correct. And uh, Twitter, oh, and we are at We Belong Dead Pod on Instagram. Uh, Twitter doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> Just Instagram's where it's at, man. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is, yeah, as a, as a PS in every episode, we will play the next week's trailer for you. And uh, you'll know what it is. Do you want to give any hints? or? Uh... It's a movie that a uh, director we have a lot of love for made uh, at a time when uh, he didn't think filmmaking was fun anymore. And he was right. So <laughs> enjoy that uh, trailer. Join in the conversation on our social media. Let us know what you think. Let us know if Please you have do. any... Uh, pointers or uh, films you'd like for us to watch and discuss Um, we will be back next week with a brand new movie chosen curated from the library of Ian and uh, until then let's uh, never 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 forget to raise a glass to a new world of gods and monsters I hope you guys enjoyed the new format Six goons, maybe more. Chances are we'll find a master in here somewhere. Time to kill some vampires.
You can't kill me. Let me just ask you one thing. After 600 years, how's that dick working? Pretty good? 